0: Microshenka from
1: the Microsenka Fast, and you're listening to the Phantasm Procome! And you are listening
2: to Phantasm, the podcast that shows horror movies and metal together with your host Corey Gorecrest and Dr. Vincent West. Get your movie collection ready and follow along as they review the latest restoration of cult classic horror films and interview the sickest bands in metal. Sell the metal! Sell
1: the metal! Sell the meadow! Sell the
2: meadow! Ah! Ah! Broadcasting from an abandoned morgue in an undisclosed location and blood streaming everywhere, this is bad. And now you despicable hosts.
3: What the fuck is up and welcome to the
4: Phantasm Podcast. I'm Corey Boer price with me, Dr. Vincent West. Plugging stuff in. What's up? I'm gonna plug you guys in tonight,
3: man. It's it's good to see you out, and uh, you know we got a hell of an episode for you guys. We have well, I'll let the doctor introduce our guest here uh, that we got for you. It's it's amazing.
4: I recorded actually special intros for this. I don't think I've ever done that before. Um, founding member of the Scorpions, uh, revolutionized guitar playing for me uh, as a child growing up listening to UFO records with my uncle, and then later Michael Schenker Group, later Macaulay Schenker Group, which is where I was way into the band. Uh, uh, Michael Schenker is our guest today on Fantastic, which is fucking awesome.
3: It is. It's amazing, and uh, such an influential guy, and such an amazing guitar player, just a great all-around dude in general, just as a person. Uh, never let the rock star thing get to his head, and he's totally, you know, that. He's definitely a rock star, but he doesn't act like one. He's a very humble dude, and he just loves playing music, and you um, need more people like him in this world. So it was a very cool interview, very insightful, and goes through his whole career, and there on the screen there you see editor Chris Barnes, not to be confused with uh, the man Chris Barnes that we've had on here, a Phantasm alumni, and... Um, the only legit person that was ever in Cannibal Corpse um, besides Paul but anyway um, we got a pretty sick movie for you guys as well another Hammer film a classic how many Hammer films have
4: we done on this podcast we did I know we did Dracula Prince of Darkness
3: yes and we did and we did uh, Witchfinder General was that Hammer no that's not
4: Hammer It's just that's just a surprise.
3: We've done an amicus film too. We did the Screaming Skull, that was Amicus.
4: That's an Amicus. That Amicus was like the the other version of right. people trying to do hammer stuff. Which is they've got some good stuff. I like some of the
3: Amicus. But well, I don't know, I think we've only done like two or three. We've done uh, the, seven, the seven gold of Seven Gold of vampires. Seven vampires and this one. This one, so, which is and we're
4: War have, of Frankenstein.
1: Shrink from this eye, this all-seeing eye. Hide from these hands, these powerful hands. Run from the horror, the ultimate horror of Frankenstein. Prepare yourself for a new Frankenstein. Searing the scream with excitement. A young Frankenstein. Experimenting with the forbidden secret of life itself. Moulding his most terrifying creation. We're going to make a person. One of the first things we're going to need is the raw material. But fresh, mind you. Nothing more than three days old. Anything I bring you will be so fresh get past the government meat inspector. Alice, she's my housekeeper. I hope she can cook. People just aren't dying off so quick. (laughs) It's the welfare state. That's what it is. Frankenstein is back to raise the dead, to terrorize the living. Masters of suspense Offer you a shocking bargain Your ticket entitles you to be frightened out of your wits At no extra charge
3: Horror of Frankenstein, 1970
4: beautiful fucking print of this. Jimmy
3: Sangster directed and wrote, I believe... <clears throat> uh, Ralph Bates, who you love. I yeah. <clears throat> My phone's going fucking bad shit right now making my computer go crazy.
5: Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
3: and it's based on the characters created by Mary Shelley, of course, being the Frankenstein monster. Uh, Frankenstein and Frankenstein monster. Um... Uh. Yeah, this is really fucking cool. Um... Ralph Bates was cast as Victor Frankenstein, the role having five times previously been played by Peter Cushing, so this is the first movie uh, where Victor Frankenstein was not played by Peter Cushing, but uh, from what I understand, from what you've told me, that Ralph Bates is, is the shit, so...
4: He's great. Look, and I, I love um, Peter Cushing. In fact, we were going to do Frankenstein Created Woman, yeah. and I decided that this would be a little bit more upbeat. Yeah. I guess I created one maybe we'll do it another one <coughs> this it's, print it's looks slower looks
3: really really good slower film already it looks I mean this is probably the best hammer print I've seen from uh, Screen Factory and this is actually one of the newer things to come out right
4: yeah and what's interesting about this all of a sudden out of nowhere okay so if you guys are interested in hammer War, so <coughs> Mill Creek owns some of the titles which is some of the Sony stuff that Sony never wanted to put on Blu-ray yeah and don't let that shy away from you, because Mill Creek is a really shitty company, but... they got some good stuff. And well, but they, they, they the Hammer stuff, they put out <clears> all of <throat> it, and I've got a yeah. bunch of it. It's all like double feature stuff, and it's not great stuff, it's Columbia stuff. Then Universal put out a Hammer box set of all their stuff they own, yeah. or the majority of it. And then, this was really interesting, then Warner Brothers put out a volume one, mm-hmm. and then after that, ever since, everything else has been like Warner Archive stuff. Yeah. Now, what's really interesting, though, is the stuff that fell between the cracks, and this is what's exciting for me as a Hammer horror film uh, fanatic, is Screen Factory is now putting out stuff like this, which has never existed on Blu-ray in this country. Yeah. Now, it did in Europe and the U.K., because that's where this stuff's based, and that stuff is going to come out sooner or later. wider demand for for this over there. Like, right now, in my hand, I've got Horror Frankenstein. Obviously, we're watching it, which came out first. And then on the same day last week, I got Scars of Dracula, which is a Chris Lee Dracula thing, one of the last things he did. Awesome. Um, or or in, it's in the middle of things that he did, because none of this stuff's been put out in order. And then I got Blood from the Mummies, too, which we were originally going to do and switch to this. But um, Oh, he just got fruited. There you go. What's really cool, though, is <clears throat> a lot of this stuff... I, I, I'm actually blown away that Scream Factory's been cranking this stuff out. Now, the disappointing part is... They've been putting a lot of titles out, and none of this stuff is cheap. Yeah, the only way to get a deal on this <clears> stuff <throat> is to is to find a deal on it because you're not going to find this stuff you used. And if you find it used, you're going to find it on like Amazon Marketplace used if you're going to try to find it. Trust me, because I know because I look for the shit used first. But a lot of this, I just go ahead and spend like twenty bucks from Amazon when it first comes out because if you if you wait, these titles jump up to like thirty bucks. Yeah. And here's the thing: this stuff's not going to stay in print very long. Hammer stuff has a cult following, but once the people that we all buy it up, it just kind of sits there and then it goes out of print. Yeah. Because on DVD, all this stuff was released by Anchor Bay. Yeah. All of it. And my favorite one, of course, is about to come out. One of my favorite, if not my favorite, period, Hammer title, The Devil Rides, Rides out, out, which yeah. is something I'm very excited to get my hands on and, you know, hopefully it looks good like this.
3: Now that they're, now that they're distributing it, is it still... Public domain, or they own it
4: What the Hammer stuff?
3: No, that movie. Was that movie specifically was well, public. Yeah, this domain is
4: well. Here's here's kind of the deal with it. So a few years ago, there was a movie that came out called The Quiet Ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Did you ever see it? Yes. Okay. No, I have not. <clears throat> that's that's a Hammer film, modern day Hammer film. Huh. So when the company came back, so you've got you've got all these different leisures. You've got that which is like the British Hammer company Mm -hmm. then you've got over here you've got uh, which by the way just just as a side note on the British Hammer Film Company they tried to put out some Blu-rays and they put out Dracula Prince of Darkness and they put out which I have and they put out uh, Frankenstein Created Woman this is like three or four years ago and I bought both of those and immediately went out of print because they couldn't distribute the stuff over here themselves so it failed So they got in bed with Scream Factory, so now we're seeing all the Hammer Film Company stuff, titles that they never distributed through Sony, slash Columbia, TriStar, which is all the same fucking company, and then Universal, and then Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has been releasing all their stuff through Warner Archive, minus that fucking Hammerbox set. But if you're an aficionado of this stuff, it's, it's an expensive habit. And not only is it an expensive habit, it's hard to keep up with what the fuck is out there and what isn't. Right. Um, but Screen Factory is putting out all the stuff from the actual British Hammer Company. It's all the same stuff. It's just all owned by different people.
5: Yeah.
3: Makes sense.
4: Some stuff was distributed by Warner Brothers. Some of their titles were distributed by Universal. Some were distributed by Columbia, which is Sony. And then the rest yeah. of it was distributed by themselves, like this title.
3: It changed hands so many times with all the stuff. And, you know. Well,
4: back in the day, and, you know, if you grew up in... Anyone that's listening to us, by the way, uh, cheers, and I'm not drinking, but cheers, anyway, pretend I am. Uh, anyone that grew up in Great Britain, London, France, all that area, you grew up with this shit. This shit was on Saturday morning. Yeah. Now, over here for me, growing up in Florida, it wasn't easy for me to watch this stuff, but I had an uncle that was really into this stuff, and we would he would find it on, like, obscure channels that we had and I don't mean like HBO and stuff it'd be on like you know it'd be on at like you know noon on a Saturday on some like oddball cable channel you know like a local TV station that was trying to keep this stuff alive yeah and luckily I grew up getting to watch this stuff of course it never looked this good right um, yeah
3: this this is the best hammer thing they've. this stuff out. will
4: never look this good again but a lot of the stuff that's out there I mean, there's some beautiful prints of a lot of stuff right but yeah, Scream Factory has been, I don't know how they fucking nailed it, but man, I'll give them all the credit in the world, man, it's like my favorite thing that they're doing, besides that Big Trouble in Little China special edition, oh yeah, um, and that Blob special edition, Um, but, for me, for my money's worth, the Hammer stuff is just, it's so cool that they're putting this stuff out, because it's, it's really good, and, and a lot of this stuff, if you had it on DVD from Anchor Bay, this is a huge upgrade, and the extras on it. It all has the uh, World of Hammer episodes on it, which was a TV show, like documentary style, that was done later, after during the 80s, I believe, after the show, or excuse me, after the movies had ceased production. And uh, I'm rambling about this, I'm sorry. I just know a lot about it. But I, I, I love this stuff. I think it's great. It's incredibly entertaining. And it's heavily, heavily, heavily influenced... On a lot of directors, I won't name who they are, George Lucas and anything to do with Star Wars. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so people can knock it all they want, but this stuff serves its purpose. It's campy, but yet it's dark. It's witty, but yet it's morbid. You know,
3: you know, like, you know, if you guys are following along here, if you have the horror Frankenstein at home and you're uh, listening to us and watching it, we appreciate that. Uh, but in this scene, you know, he's digging on the, you know, Victor is in college And he's uh, Hitting up the, the dean's Daughter or whatever So he just goes into his office And tells the dean that his daughter's pregnant And he's, you know, he's Like what I want to know is what you plan to do about it And he's like Well I have all my medical degrees I can try to do an operation Or you know who's to say you can't do an operation <laughs> It's just fucking stuff like that It's brilliant writing and it's really funny um, but it's, it's, it's good stuff. And again, the, the print's beautiful on this and,
4: um, um, but you have to have an interest in horror. You have to have yeah. an interest in, in, in
3: and we were talking about this on the Shmere episode, Tom you know, the periods. Legend of the Seven Gold Vampires, which I said all of these films and, uh, when they were made, especially the seventies ones, um, you know, I love the culture of it and you can see how modern films and. You know, some of them have drawn. It's pretty raunchy. Yeah, it is raunchy. You go severed fucking arm. Um, you know, you can't have horror, and especially today, with any of it, without having these as a foundation. And I think, you know, these even still, if you're a real horror fan, these don't age really. They just they 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 just have a really cool culture about them, and they don't seem old. I mean, it's just it's just horror, and it's it's really good. You
4: know? If Vincent Price was a horror film company, he would be Hammer. Yeah, Hammer is just it's is all of it good to me. It is. But I think so. I, I love all of it. I buy every look bit how of it beautiful that I can this is too. I it's, this but you have to be careful with it because, like I said, Screen Factory's put a lot of this stuff out, but there's not actually a list of it.
3: Yeah, you kind of. I can play part. on
4: Amazon for like three hours and be like, shit, I didn't know that was out. Shit, I didn't know this was out. Yeah, and I'll find some pieces, you know. Um, and really Amazon's the best place to buy this stuff I think. And like I said, especially if you can find one from a third party seller. Right. And you can get a really good deal on it. Because I've I've got pretty good deals on everything that I've bought from third party sellers, so I am not complaining whatsoever.
3: Um, well, they got their carriage
4: held None up of here. this stuff that I have a stack of sitting beside me and I've got it all new, but right. um but yeah. And this was the first Blu ray release of this um, in this country, and it was also they released this at the end of August, and it's bizarre they're just kind of dumping all this stuff I think out for the fall It was what it feels like um and I could be wrong, but that 's what it feels like to me. It feels like they're just kind of dumping everything out, and i'm good with that you know it's breaking my bank account, but you know I love this stuff and i'm you know i like to I like to own it um The next one, and the packaging is very similar to it, too, uh, would be um, Scars of Dracula, which is another one that's kind of a lost Christopher Lee thing. Yeah. And between that movie and all the stuff Warner Brothers has put out in the past year, there's a shitload of Chris Lee Dracula movies. Yeah. Um, And really good ones, too. And, you know, even the first one that he did, and... Uh, they put out Dracula D, nineteen seventy two. It's your favorite. It's yeah, my it came favorite out last year. I love um, it. That's a Warner Archive thing. It's beautiful. We yeah. should do that actually sometimes. We should for sure. It's a good one. I love
3: um, that one. And uh, you know, the cool thing is in this film, we get you guys unfamiliar with this that are wanting to check this out. Um, a guy by the name of David Prowse is the plays the monster in this, who did the you know of course famously went on to uh, be the guy behind the suit of uh, Darth Vader so that was pretty cool you know you know James Earl Jones just did the voice David Prowse is the dude that was in the costume so he was pretty much really Darth Vader with all the movements and everything and let um, will see he had actually gone into the Hammer offices to express his desire to portray one of their movie monsters but was abruptly dismissed several years passed by and he went about Uh, building a larger body of work. He was approached by Jimmy Sangster, the director of this film, about being cast as, uh, you know, Baron Frankenstein's laboratory creation. Uh, Prowse has the distinction of being the only actor to have portrayed Frankenstein's monster in more than one Hammer film. Uh, So this was the first movie. His second one was Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, 1974. He played Frankenstein in that film, or the Frankenstein's monster. Um, he also appeared briefly in traditional Frankenstein's monster makeup and costume, in a gag appearance in Casino Royale in '67, which was, uh, you know, the loosely based film about James Bond novel. It wasn't an actual, technically a James Bond film. I don't even think I've seen that to Casino Royale, but it's more of like a spoof, isn't it? It is. It's like a spoof film. Um, but yeah, it, it's got a really good cast. Got the super uh, hot chick in this as well. Little Kate Amara. That's Alice. She was seventy-four. She died in twenty fourteen. She's in a ton of stuff. And she was in uh, Vampire Lovers, and then this film, Horror Frankenstein. So I guess that was the only two films she did. A horror Hammer, uh, Hammer Horror stuff. And she was uh, in in the old Doctor Who stuff, eighty-five and eighty-seven. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's the other thing too. None of these actors are just nobodies. I mean, they always had a very prolific uh, career either before or after, you know, they were doing this stuff. A lot of them were pretty good, like, play actors and stuff like that. It's really big over there, you know. Um, That's good stuff. Veronica Carlson's still alive. That's crazy. She was in Dracula, has risen from the grave. Frank, uh, Frankenstein must be destroyed. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Or she's the blonde right here in this scene. So she's been in a ton of horror, you know, hammer horror stuff. And Dennis Price is the grave robber.
4: I've got the music stuff pulled up here. It's really...
3: He's in a fucking ton of stuff too. Look at all that shit.
4: It's really um, weird.
3: Doctor Skelter. He was Lord Byron. That's from 1949. I mean, this guy was acting forever. Uh, and he's yeah, you, know, you know, stage actor. I'm trying to see if he did any other Hammer stuff besides this one, but he's done a ton of other stuff.
2: I can't really see
3: much of it. Years. Several horror movies, including Twins of Evil, Horror Hospital, and Theater of Blood. Theater of Blood, up have got it. Yeah. Doesn't say what other hammer stuff he's in, but. Well, of course, Theater of Blood had Vincent Price in it.
0: And, what a shock that I'm...
3: Among others. And that's more of like a horror comedy, you know, back then, Theater of Blood, so. That's pretty good, yeah. Let's see, uh, one of his last film appearances, this is still David Price, the grave robber in this film. Well, his last appearance was a star version of Alice in Wonderland from 1972. Now, that's the one with uh, Peter Sellers. <clears throat> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's the William Sterling-directed Alice in Wonderland film. You want me to hit everybody with the rock album? Someone's freaking out. Yeah, we should probably get into that. I'll, uh... There's
4: not much on this, if you don't mind me going first just to get it over with. Yeah,
3: we'll do it. I'll queue up Chuck here if he's going to not be a pecker like he was last week. but Hopefully not. Come on, Chuck. Let's get some altering the future for you guys up and running whenever Chuck decides to come back from the Grave here. We'll get it rolling. Come on, Chuck.
5: In the future.
3: Thank you, Chuck. And now we can get right to it. Take you back to the year uh, 1970 whenever this film came out. I don't think
4: we've ever done this.
3: No, I know we did 71 well, I don't think we've ever done well, 71 The music stuff's pretty quick So yeah. we've
4: got David Bowie, The Man Who Sold the World Wow. Hawkwind, self-titled uh, Mountain Climbing The band Mountain, mountain Yeah. A band called Cactus I'm not sure what some of this stuff is it's a way That's weird them about them.
3: Mountain, they're from New York uh, Easy
4: like Action from Alice Cooper uh The Original Human Being from Blue Cheer. Wow. Fun House from the Stooges. The very first UFO album, what a shock. Badass. Uh, does not include Michael, of course, but uh, still a band he would later join and change their entire uh, place in music history. Right. Uh Very Easy from Uriah Heap. Yeah. The First Black Sabbath and Paranoid It's awesome Um, Deep Purple in Rock and What the Hell it's not my number one but none of this stuff is and then we got Led Zeppelin 3 which is just kind of funny It's awesome and that's it that's all I got for you tonight kids in
3: 1970 as far as horror there was a lot of you know quite a few uh, hammer horror films that were released around this time not just this one
4: Nice, I'd love to hear about all
3: that. Um we'll just do some of the big regular movies first. Oh, okay. No there's not many of them. Um we got Tora Torah Tora. Ha! Yeah, it's a big one. Uh we got Patton. Oh yeah, it's a popular movie. It is. It's like a you know fucking butt critic movie, but it you know, it's whatever. It's a good movie. I've seen it before. George no? C. Scott. Uh we got uh Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson. Okay. Little big man, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Right. Um, got uh, two mules for sister Sarah. It's Clint Eastwood, Shirley MacLaine. It's a good one. Um, what else we got? Richard Harris, a man called Horse. Okay. Um, we got the MASH movie.
4: Ugh I've never seen it. Can we can we pause on that a second? I have never, ever. Liked MASH. I've never liked it, and, and I don't like the movie. I don't like the concept behind it, and I don't like anything about it. Who wants to watch a World War comedy?
3: I don't know. I don't see the point of it. Me
4: either. I was <clears> like, <throat> the fucking turd. Probably
3: the best one out of these normal movies. Oh, well, we got a uh, three Disney fans got The Aristocats. Is that 1970? Yeah. Bam. Brewster McLeod. Yeah, sure is. I guess that makes we got sense the better, so. Cheyenne Social Club. It's old Jim James Stewart and uh, Henry Fonda. So that's the Owl and the Pussycat. That's uh, George Seagal and Barbara Streisand. I mean, there's some weird titles here, but you know they're worth they're worth mentioning for sure. Um, let's see if we got anything else before I get into the real stuff here I guess the last one I'll do we got El Topo which is probably my favorite one it's Alejandro Yodorowsky's weird western version of like Sodom and Gomorrah and of course Yodor <laughs> uh, uh, ended up doing films like Holy Mountain and um, I think he did Santa Sangre too so ended up kind of going into a weird realm like his films are always very strange they always remind me of if like Mike Patton just like directed films is kind of what it seems like to me. Gotcha. Uh, But he did Holy Mountain and then Holy Mountain was totally ripped off by Rob Zombie when he did Lord of Salem. That's a total fucking Holy Mountain ripoff. Doesn't come close though because Holy Mountain's actually a really good film. Um, But yeah, El Topo, love it. Uh, Then we'll move on to the horror of 1970. We got uh, Vampire Lovers. And that has Peter Cushing in it.
5: Mhm. He, he plays as uh, General von Spielsdorf.
3: It also has uh Kate Mara as the governess who is uh Alice in this film. So Kate Mara. And we got uh Count Yorga Vampire. That's a bad movie. I've never seen that. I got it. It's a weird terrible. one. Um there actually is a film we've done on here that is on here. I'll get to that. Uh Taste the Blood of Dracula. Love it. The Dunwich Horror we got Mark of the Devil. Mark of the Devil I own. we got the old, uh... This is a film by a dude you might know by the name of, uh... Dario Argento, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage.
4: Wheelchair Fucker has
3: that movie. It's a wheelchair fucker classic. Uh, Scream and Scream Again. I have that. A hatchet for the Honeymoon. I have that. Uh, Blood Mania.
4: I don't know what that is.
3: Um... It doesn't seem like anything relevant. Doctor Craig Cooper and a nymphomaniac Victoria conspire to kill her sick father for the inheritance. When it is revealed that Victoria's strange sister Gail is the primary beneficiary of the deceased, Whale Cooper begins seducing her. Uh, doesn't have any but Vicky Peters, Peter Carpenter, whatever. Um, let's see, and then the main ones here. We've got we actually got some pretty good uh, Japanese stuff at this time too. Uh, Fear of the Ghost House Bloodsuckers um, Got old Trog with Joan Crawford That's more of like a sci-fi <laughs> but it's an interesting one uh, Cry of the Banshee Vincent Price I have that That's good stuff And then one that the, uh, uh, the one that we've done on here Did I say Scar? We got Scars of Dracula
4: Yeah that just came out I've got yep. that right over
3: here and you also have a different Count Dracula, where Herbert Lom is Van Helsing. Let me see what that looks like. And it's got Christopher Lee. It's like that cover thing. I can't see it. There it is. Brian I don't Stoker's think I don't, Count Dracula. I don't think that
4: exists on
3: Blu-ray. Probably not. I don't even think, I don't even think it's a Hammer thing. It doesn't look. But it's still got Christopher Lee. But it does look cool. And then uh, the last film, I guess I'll mention is one we have done. But I don't know if we were doing Altering the Future at the time Where we did this, because it's something we added later. But it was our first episode with Matt Harvey uh, on the podcast, and that was I Drink Your Blood, 1970. Which that was a very that was one of the. I don't, th- I don't know if we were we weren't doing Altering the Future then. So that was cool because I would have reckoned I would have remembered this list. I don't, I don't think we ever did that, but that's cool. You know, we
4: no because I would have remembered. I that.
3: think it's the first time we music was very slim. Down. I think it's the first time we've caught a film we have done, but we haven't done this yet. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. So, did yeah, I have, buy you that for your birthday. You did.
2: Yeah, you still have it? Of course, I did.
3: Cool.
5: That's
2: I a actually, very strange, very I love strange it. movie.
3: And, and and that's another movie again where uh, Rob Zombie's ripped off a lot of. Was that film? Uh, down to the music being in his music, like the uh, the intro music for that movie. And the, isn't it interesting, Corey? How, it rips off a lot of that movie. Isn't it
4: interesting how people that rip people off love Rub Zombie that rips people off?
3: I know, right? And I've uh, I actually met Lynn Lowry and and everything. Like uh, you know, I love her in that film, and that film was fucking filmed in upstate New York, very close to where I used to live. Uh, up in Springfield I think somewhere over in that area which you know that, that film is very special honestly and uh, I like the old hippie cult stuff I think it's really neat and all the whole Manson kind of stuff and the you know I, li-
4: I like the idea and the concept of that um,
3: I will say uh, uh, going back to the horror of Frank. Charles
4: Manson he's referring to kids not Meryl Manson not
3: Meryl Manson Rob Crombie I'm talking about the real fucking motherfuckers um, I will say going back to the, our special feature here, Horror Frankenstein. The women in here are very beautiful. Um, which they usually hit or miss some of these older films, but honestly, even going back, you know, we just wrapped up Friday thirteenth. You know, um, you know, by the time you guys hear this, whatever, but you know, it was yesterday.
4: I didn't watch one fucking thing.
3: I had to, and and I was trying to get people. I fell
4: asleep to... during Fraser. On this couch,
3: <laughs> I, I you know I didn't go to bed till like maybe two or three p.m. because you know I, I work night shifts, so on the weekends it's I try to keep up that schedule. But I slept till like nine p.m. Um, being up till two p.m. and I stayed you know I slept all the way till then. I didn't have anybody to watch the movies with, so I just started watching them by myself, and you know I could entertain myself with those films.
4: No, I think it's awesome. I, I want to so applaud watched, you for doing. it I think yeah, it's awesome. I always
3: keep it. up with it every year. Whatever. So how many
4: did you watch? So I watched
3: three movies. Yeah, I watched uh I watched part two with uh fuck off. That is
4: Paul Ryan's favorite Friday thirteenth.
3: And as much as I hated uh the way Steve Dash acted or act yeah, acted towards me He's told you to fuck off. Yeah, he was right? like, Fuck off. Why don't you fuck off? Uh I still love the Potato Sack Jason, I think it's awesome. And that film is it's for Shout out to
4: Doug Dobbs. That is his favorite Jason.
3: Yeah, and it's... I like, I like I the... Jason, Jason. I actually like some of the, the counselors in that film. I like... Uh, I love Amy Steele in that movie. I think she's great. She survives. She's one of the only people... She's... Yeah, one of the only people that survives and doesn't fucking get killed off in the next film. I think and,
4: I'm the only person that doesn't have a favorite Jason.
3: Um, mine's always changed over the years, but the... I don't have a favorite one. The uh, next film I watched is it is your favorite is is part four uh big ted then i watch that uh next because that one's the goriest one if, if it wasn't for part seven being completely fucking butchered by the mpaa that would have been one of the goriest mm-hmm. films ever made but it's so horribly just just like mangled, and you can't even fucking watch it really because you can tell how bad it is and It's not enough to watch the watch
4: part six. That's like your.
3: It's not a watch to. It's not enough to watch the. You feel guilty
4: uh, that you didn't watch part six.
3: I'll get to that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) To uh, yeah, to to be able to see even the cutting room floor stuff where you can see the you know before and after the cut, but the footage just looks so bad you can't even really tell. And a lot of it was just like chopping seconds off of stuff, how long they showed things and all that, but. In reality, it was very sad because that film would have been so fucking much more badass and it's just, it's just kind of cheesy the way that it was cut and it doesn't look right. And we'll never get a director's cut of it because John Carl uh is fucking dead now. So we won't get a real cut of that film ever. That's right, he did die. Yeah, we won't ever see a very, very good cut of it unless his estate somehow has that
4: of it. And no, I, it you know. know, I read somewhere. It's just really. Not to interrupt sad, you, but I, I read somewhere that, uh, just a brief note for everybody. And you, I think we talked about this one time when we watched that movie. I interviewed mm-hmm. Kane. That's what we watched, wasn't it, Part 7.
3: We did Part 7 for.
4: Uh, I thought we did it for Kane.
3: No, we did it for. Uh, what's his name? From Condemned.
4: Oh, nice. We did. We did. We did it for my buddy that used to be in that band. Yeah. Um, Townsley. I can't remember. I can't believe his name right now. Sorry. Sorry Sam. 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 Sorry, Sam. Sam. I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, <laughs> but... That footage... He has it, and Paramount would not release it to a subsidy company like Arrow or... Scorpion. Yeah, they protective of it. Or, or more importantly, a, a company like Scorpion that would probably take it and actually lovingly would do it like they But But Paramount
3: company. is make, still making all the money off of those you know cause they not just, anymore they just won't well yeah not with that Victor Miller bullshit but
4: Victor Miller's wanting to fuck everybody they're world. not
3: trying to make newer versions of these films or even put them out in 4K they're just keeping it in these cheap ass little 8 pack box sets you can get for 30 bucks at Walmart I mean they're just keeping them the same thing and they're not making you know better versions of them but they're also like the main titles you know same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street they're not going to you know i think they're actually doing a 4k collection of that coming out but that's also new line and you know if new line had all the rights to all the jason films then they would probably put out they would probably restore them and make them look better um, but they just don't it's like the same shit that's been in circulation for years and years and years they just put different box art on it but they haven't really taken care of it and those films have made so much goddamn money and they just have no Care in the world, to take right, care they of just them. seem like
4: they're just kind of—they're
3: just holding on to the fucking name yeah. and the eight films. You know, they're not—or sorry, yeah—the eight films. They're not um, giving them to anybody to make them look any better. They're not putting them out of four K. They're not releasing some kind of anniversary box set. They're just—and that art for that last thing they put out is fucking garbage. Like it looks like it doesn't even look like Jason. It looks like Walmart made like a rip-off version of Jason. They put out a box set of it. Like The artworks just always look the same. It's always like that red cover with Jason on it with like a weapon he doesn't even fucking use. It's like not even a machete. I don't know what the fuck that cover is, but it looks ridiculous. But they've never really ever put out a nice, besides that that steel, you know, uh, that tin thing that you got. Mm -hmm. That box set's cool. But again, the stuff that they re-release is all that same shit in the box set. Um, Except they actually have, I think Jason goes to hells in that box set um but other than that there's not really much different that they've already released and they keep releasing so it'd be nice to have that kind of stuff and yeah it would be cool to have a director's cut of part seven but going back to what i watched on friday 13th part four is without a doubt the goriest jason film they ever put out it's and it's tom savini coming back with the makeup and stuff so that's another thing, Tom Savini, I think, once he came back to the fold with Friday the 13th. That's the Love Drive album cover. Oh, it's awesome. Coast to Coast. It's nice I love that cover. You can watch Friday the 13th with this stuff playing over it and fit perfectly. i to stream the whole damn thing, we'll get fucking dinged for
5: copyright. Man. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> yes. I
4: don't know what this is. <laughs> it's... I think our guest <laughs> played in this. <there.
5: laughs>
3: we got much more metal than that. Goddamn awesome.
4: called a hero of mine it's an amazing thing and yeah. Michael Schenker thank goddamn you again. awesome. What a you guys are in for a treat. The guy tells his litter his life story in like 50 minutes. It's and I was
3: sitting in on the interview, you know, I, I wanted to really do this for Vincent for his birthday cuz he's such a huge fan of Michael Schenker and once I got the word that he was uh you know, I'd been asking to get this for a while, but once uh the label uh had, you know, gave gave me uh info about his availability um I jumped right at it, and I knew I wanted uh, Vincent to be the one to do it because he's very, you know, huge fan of him, and um, we didn't have to do much talking because he was very into uh, talking about his uh, celebrated career and and his journey, uh, getting to eventually just do his own thing and do Michael Schenker Fest and just have fun playing music, and that's what he really set out to do. And I think uh, when you guys hear the, you know, revelation that comes out. September 20th on a nuclear blast uh, you guys are really good I love that song that song's on fucking Detroit Rock City it's a great movie if you guys have never seen it from a movie about Kiss that was produced by all the members of Kiss once they reunited it's just a comedy movie we're going just snippets of something, something I don't know
4: we'll I think they've we'll lifted
3: some stuff on YouTube recently I don't
4: know what that is uh, but um good luck listening to our long ass episodes one <laughs> of it. Um, oh they'll find it um never not with the doctor
3: if you guys want more info on the Detroit Rock City thing if you guys are fans of that you can listen to my uh Lynn Shay interview she is uh Jam's mom and that and it's very fucking funny so we had a good time talking about that so but anyway back to Friday the 13th Friday the 13th part 4 is the goriest Friday the 13th movie ever made it's fucking disgusting it's Tom Savini. There's a lot of fucking... It's just raunchy. And then uh, I watched Part 5 after that one. Because I, I love Part 5. The more I watch it, the more I'm like, I don't know why people hate this film. Just because
4: It's pretty entertaining.
3: I love Roy Burns. I think it's cool that they went a different route with it. You know, you do four the, films with the, the same... The, the oh, I'm sorry, 50's do,
4: Greaser Kill is my favorite. Oh, the fucking Road Flare? I yeah, just think it's awesome. And then
3: the other one, he gets... Uh, his throat's slit and he gets the horn. He's like... Hey, guys, we'll be right
4: back with a commercial break. Oh, you found it? No. It's a different one? Oh, nice. If you've ever listened to this podcast, if it's on a Sunday when we're recording this, this gets played. If you're all too young to you probably know what this is, but... You know my crazy... Ever-living and mortal ass That's
3: what it is Dr. West
4: I love (laughs) ABC Sunday Night Movie Kids When I was growing up Was the shit Most weekends Most Sundays Right now You know I didn't have cable I lived with a single mom And It was like 8 o'clock Sunday night I had to be in bed By like 10, you know, usually 9, but my mom, if it was a Bond movie, I got to stay up to like 11 watching that bitch. And they would show that motherfucker. They would show the fucking thing in full, but they'd have like 5,000 commercials on it. Actually, in fact, actually, if, well, no, this
3: assault part, they're all. If like, I may. This whole scene, they're all just fucking cool tipping it. back fucking wine bottles. I
4: like, will well, actually play you play one? one of the ads for it. Just to uh-huh. let you know that I'm not making this up. ABC saying it. Hold on. This is actually really cool. I think you'll get a kick out of this.
3: But yeah, so part five, uh, not Jason's, uh, Roy Burns, the ambulance driver, which is played by Dick Weiland, but the guy behind the mask and doing an actual stunt work in the killings is Tom Morga, um, who I've met. I've, I haven't met Dick, but I've heard he's really cool, too, and he's he's done some uh, photo ops with the oh. ambulance driver photos, which is pretty nasty.
0: For you,
4: I this is for you. This is for Corey. This is if I could take him back and be little and hang out with me in 1981 even though the movie's from 1979, but it doesn't matter. It's for you. Love you. Here you go. Nazi rally and violence in Berwyn after the movie. That was interesting, Nazi rally. That's why <laughs> it was
3: for me. Here you go, you Jew. Nazi rally after
4: this. No, I know. <laughs> Sorry about the audio quality, guys. It's VHS. YouTube, and it, it is. It's straight up VHS.
3: It's like i hear hearing... Oh, oh, oh. It's cool that somebody has this, it, so.
4: though. It's a mobile
3: mean right
1: there. The jaws, fucking mother.
3: don't know why that's just always been my favorite Bond film and Roger Moore is my favorite Bond I love Richard Keel fucking like Jaws is the shit I think because it has like a sci-fi space edge to it and right when I started getting into Bond is right when I got into the I
5: can't
4: believe the Star beginning of that i like such an asshole it's like Nazi rally tonight in- <laughs> Corey there's a Nazi rally more Nazi episodes. rally in Portland here's Moonraker <laughs> um. here's
3: here's Jew Hunter
4: oh god terrible. <laughs> it's terrible
3: Uh, Everyone knows I'm Jewish Here it is again
4: from 1990 It's interesting Um,
3: But yeah, I've always loved uh, Moonraker the best I don't know why it was always my favorite I'd have to say if I had a second film It would be Man with a Golden Gun Because Christopher Lee's in it and that's badass
4: Um, I can't find my favorite But I love this one I will play this one for you guys Should X-rated videotapes be banned tomorrow at 5? (laughs) That <laughs> was for you.
3: <laughs> I had the uh, Nazi rally, and then is like, should X-rated video chase be banned? Ask
4: Dr. West after this. It is Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday. Michael Shanker's our guest. Or Frankenstein's on the TV. I'm taking night. you guys back to 1985 Sunday Night Movie. And, man, this was a treat for me. And it's the, it's the movie that follows Corey's favorite. Isn't my favorite? I don't really know, but I love this movie the James Bond film has been edited for television. Parents
1: may consider it unsuitable for some young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Lights. For your eyes only. Amazing. Bond action. Fucking love that movie. Bond women.
3: Not that one. You <laughs> bought me that one. Oh, yeah. I it's, it's, it's
4: love it. This was nice. But, yeah. He got me the car from that one, too. For your eyes yeah. only. Amazing. I'm trying to find... For your eyes only. That that movie has a very special place in my heart. Fun story, kids. I have seen every James Bond film at the theater. This also tells you how fucking old I am. <laughs> but I have seen... This is the truth. I have seen every James Bond film at the theater starting with Spy Who Loved Me that's a lot it is Um, I can't find an ABC Sunday Night Movie for my movie though
3: your favorite Bond we're still on the oh I found it we're still on the Bond found it it's Bond time
1: film has been edited for television. Parents may consider it unsuitable for some young viewers. Parental
3: discretion is advised. Without looking, yours is a uh, Tonight,
5: who are you? One, two, one. James Long. Says Diamonds with Isn't that your favorite? Sure? Yep.
4: <laughs> no ABC Sunday night movie thing It was kind of depressing it, it, that, that actually seems older Than what that actually was I know um, Did you know Vincent Price Is in the Ten Commandments Is he You ever seen that movie I got drunk and watched that It actually We were talking the about out. that the other Okay day. I found another one Let me try this one Because that other one Sounded like shit I actually found a real one now you can always tell because it's got my 80s intro for the Sunday night movie. <clears throat> I'll stop doing this to you guys in a second. That's weird. All my favorite Bond films are Roger Moore.
3: I love Roger. I'm not saying that. You I would, just, But I don't really realize it because I always forget who it is. I'll explain my obsession when Dimes of Prayer in a second.
5: It is well, me. I just don't enjoy messing around with a guy as tough as James Bond. He's got everybody fooled. You just killed James Bond. Is
1: that who boss? I'm you are, Mr. Bond. James Bond discovers diamonds are forever. The evening may not be a total loss after all. Next.
3: May not be a total loss after all. I saw a picture of him the other day because he's just turned like 89. It is so fucking depressing. True story, though. How old he is now. True
4: story. God. It is it sad. Is I saw it as well. Oh. Um, but I want to tell you guys something. The reason that I love that movie, when my friend Matt...
3: It's because doctor.
4: Who I've forever. mentioned on here probably before. I don't know if I have or not. I lost him in 2007 to lymphomatic cancer. When we used to hang out at his apartment when he had lost his job and it was cool cuz he lived in like this like very bottom like cellar dweller like fucking bottom part of this apartment complex. Yeah. And what was so cool about it was he he loved smoking weed and back then I did too, but what was cool about it was one of the only fucking things he had was a VHS copy of Diamonds Are Forever. We must have watched that thing a thousand fucking times. Especially Stone. And I'm still not fucking tired of it. You know what the other one he had? You're going to get a kick out of this. The Hmm. only other movie that he had was fucking uh, Living Daylights. Yeah. Love Timothy Dalton. Yeah, it's Timothy Dalton. Dalton gets a fucking terrible rap from people. I don't know why. He's a great. Amazing, he's too. a He's a dude. Living daylights for me though. Is and
3: he's the, still fucking shit. acting. He's in like a he's ton great. of stuff. He's, a, he's great. Prolific TV actor and. He's, no, he's, he's such a good awesome. dude. But,
4: but look, I like all the Bonds. I'm not trying to tell you guys what to like. You can like Daniel Craig. You can like whoever you like. I like George However, Lazenby. Can I always can like... like... Everybody, everybody can love whoever they want. But for me, for my money... I met George Lazenby, actually. It's amazing. But, he came, yeah, he came to... Uh, but what Florida I was going to tell you guys is... For oh, that, me, that the Bond zapped. stuff... And I mean, I'm not making this up. If I had the Tom and the Red Bull that I can't drink because I can't have caffeine... I would sit and just watch all of them. Me too. Like, I love those movies. I do. Like,
3: when I'm. It's very therapeutic for me, honestly. Like uh, They're one, very relaxing. One of the things I do. Are they relaxing
4: for you? It's like getting a back massage.
3: If I'm by myself, I'll just watch Bond films. I really do. That's not a joke. Like, I. When I was. This was around when the time my, my life was kind of uh, going to shit, you know, and I, I kind of had the house to myself a lot where you know people moved out stuff like that I am gonna get into it on here sure but, of course uh, I had the house pretty much to myself a lot it was very empty I'll just put on one of my Bond films and just hang out in the fucking living room and I'd space out you don't even think about it I'm just watching Bond you
4: know? eat it's, and fucking yeah, sleep and, just, and chill you're and just fucking you're just
3: having you're just not even really thinking about anything it's, it's, it's I get really sucked into those so they're very it's a lot of escapism for me watching the Bond films because I just think it's um, he's such a cool character and it almost seems I, when I was younger I always thought James Bond was a real fucking dude you know um, I mean I did everything Indiana Jones I thought was real I thought he was a real adventurer I thought James Bond was real and I, w- I miss those times because you know I, I kind of hold them dear and it's the same thing with these Hammer films you know you feel like these characters really existed Van Helsing and all this stuff there's and, so much
4: love put into these productions of this stuff and you know yeah, for, for the Bond movies you know all of those movies were shot um give me a second. Pinewood Studios.
5: Yeah.
3: The,
4: and which is the same place they shot the original three Star Wars films. Yeah. It's also where they shot It's where they the original, shot the new ones too. Where they shot Raiders of Lost Ark. Yeah, not sure about this. I'm pretty sure the second two weren't shot there, but I know that one was. And uh Interesting thing about This it, looks beautiful, the scene right here. I mean this
3: this thing hasn't let up at all in the in the picture. Like some of these hammer ones, they kinda go off for a second but this one's been beautiful the whole time it's interesting interesting great. thing for me
4: about if you when you if you love movies and you love and you grew up with stuff and they nostalgia for you and, it, and some people's nostalgia is completely different than others and I right. understand that but for me nostalgia um is a more important thing for me because I think when I'm focused, it's a it's a key to survival.
3: Yeah, and you know, it, all this stuff's very nostalgic, and you know, and we got some got some uh, sensual loving going on here. With the probably my favorite chick in these Hammer films. She's fucking gorgeous. I don't know why. She's uh, got that crazy eye makeup. It's hot. Yeah, love yeah. it. She's like an old whore. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> It's fucking awesome. <laughs> She's like, oh, Mister Frankenstein, you know, whatever.
4: Um, now a lot of people,
3: I just like the nostalgia feeling of this, and I love the escapism of all this because it, it's, it's always in like a good historic period, and the actors are always like top fucking notch. Isn't it great how these
4: guys are like independently wealthy too? Like they're yeah. they're loaded, but yet they have the goddamn, they've got so much fucking money that they can just keep making this. Sh- like he can hack people up and turn it into a goddamn. Monster, and then they put it into, like, you know... He's got these candles. He's got, like, a butler and all kinds of fucking shit on here. It's fucking awesome, man. It's really cool. And you don't expect to see that that with a lot of stuff, you know? Well, they put so much detail and coloration, and, you know, you
3: you get a lot of respect when you go back and watch this stuff, especially Restored, how uh, well the direction was at the time of these films. Oh, it's it's fucking... Like I said, a lot of these actors came from... You know, um, you know plays and stuff like that. You know, obviously not Broadway there, but you know, it's a lot more like royalty that these people did back then, and um, where these actors came from. Like they didn't just cast anybody there. All these actors were very well renowned, and and these are always ensemble casts, and you know, these are really good performances. And, you know, uh, especially you know going to the Bond stuff too, and. You know all this shit, and it's it's absolutely wonderful. And like I said, it, it holds a test of time because none of these seem aged. None of the Hammer films I've watched are aged at all. And um, you know the Bond films, especially those, will never age. And, you know they're just fucking timeless movies. And uh, the characters themselves live on just because they were fucking badass. And it didn't never mattered Bond to Bond. You know the character never uh, faltered as far as changing. The actors, it it was always just great, you know. And uh, even to T. Doll or George Lazenby or even uh, Pierce Bronson, I loved. And and Daniel Craig's good in his own way too. I think he's a good mix of a lot of different, you know, uh, different bonds together. You know, he reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, Connery and T. Doll put together. I think. Um, But yeah, you know, I these are great movies. If you watch Bond or even the Hammer stuff, it's great escapism and just movies to put on and just relax and not be bored, not be stressed. They're just great movies just to, just to fucking watch and they're, they're you know they're perfect and I feel like I'm learning something when I watch these films or I'm actually getting a sense of culture and like uh really good acting and well what's funny
4: is somewhere you know in California. You know, George Lucas was baked going and watching this stuff, going, I'm going to, I'm going to cast him. But yeah. It's just fucking funny. I mean, if you're really into that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, you know, this is around that time, you know,
3: you know, 77 that they put out fucking A New Hope. I mean, you know, not too long after this, David Prowse made a lot of fucking money, <laughs> where he, which I'm sure he did in these films too, but, you know, going from a monster to being uh, Darth Vader, <clears throat> you know, is definitely a game changer. Um, I always thought, it, I always respected um, George Lucas for casting, you know, Peter Cushing and, and later Christopher Lee and always having some kind of tie to these films like a little bit and I, you know, I respect when directors want to push their, you know, things that they like into their films because that's what they should do, it's their film, you know Um so I think Tarantino's great, you know, he, he incorporates all the shit he likes into films. He doesn't just make a film, you know, to make a film. He puts everything he has into it, you know, and that's why I think his films are uniquely made and he always has a very good soundtrack of stuff that he likes into a film and it works good and
4: um I wanna apologize. Yeah. Uh we had a brief interruption there that about knocked us off key and I just wanna actually uh I want to address that right now if this will play. This is for wheelchair fucker.
0: About your sex
4: (laughs) now you guys listening out there at home just be ready because if that song comes back on that means he's somewhere in the room trying not to be noticed yeah. So if if you ever hear that song anymore in this episode, no, he turns into, no. wheelchair,
3: he turns into a wheelchair fan. We'll place. just know, we'll just know he's
4: <laughs> he's trying wheelchair to fan, too, he's too. trying to slip back in and go back upstairs. Yeah, but he, I'm going to hit him with a. That's only t- it's only
3: two a.m. That means he went to go
4: get her some Wendy's. 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 No, you know what's funny? They probably this actually a true story. So wheelchair fucker, um, after he mounts. It turns into the, uh, no, listen, the chateau is, is, wheelchair. No, this is so <laughs> fucked up. No, listen, this is so bad. The sex this. No, 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 no. One time. One time he took the girl that he just mounted to an IHOP. Oh, but do you powerful. know where he normally takes her? IHOP. Do you know where he goes? <laughs> no, this is this is bad. Oh. He goes to hold on, let me let me find my wallet because I don't want to misquote this business. I'll go ahead and give you guys this. Free Vincent
3: West media plug. Oh, this is a restaurant?
4: No. Well, yeah, kind of, but th- this is actually worse than that. And it's actually, it makes this story even more degrading and disgusting
3: on him. What does he take her to uh, Walmart to get her some fucking.
4: No, listen, I, I found it. Bomb know? X? I don't know. Th- this is for real where he takes her. Bam,
3: bam, 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 bam.
4: He takes this same girl. When he gets done mounting her, he takes her to fucking Speedway for food. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> That's where he goes. Hey, honey, you get your speedy rewards. <laughs> and I'll tell you what's really funny. There was a chick he was mounting a long time ago. This is some inside info on wheelchair fucker that I thought was really funny. He he literally was just like, "So, you want to go over here to I'm trying to think of what it's called. And I, I, he asked me to go there one time, and I was like, "Dude, are you insane? You didn't just fuck me." I'm not go there.
3: <laughs> I'm not going I'm to get your fucking. Of,
4: I'm trying to think of what it's called. It, it's it's at Pilot, but it's called something. It's like PBMJ or something. It's like <laughs> it's like Pilot's Diner. <laughs> God. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> get a hot shower. Get in bed with a trucker and suck him off. <laughs> but. Remember that, but um, yeah, I can't remember. It's whatever Pilot gas stations call their fucking um, their shitty restaurant that's inside some of them, and it's I'm not talking about like a Taco Bell or McDonald's or something. This is actually like their own bullshit. Yeah, where they have like hot dogs and pizza and stuff. It's nasty. It's called a Pilot uh, Heat Lamps pe- Heat Lamps Pizza, but it's called something. It's called like PBMJ PBM or PBM. something PBM. like that. PBM. PBM but I just I just think it's so random also a little fun story about wheelchair fucker he's also the only person I know that I know Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore you could leave me in Toys R Us at about any age and I could stand there for hours me too for some reason I don't know why this is if you take wheelchair fucker anywhere out in public he can spend three hours in a goddamn gas station and he doesn't gamble
3: (laughs) here's a cool thing about uh, Kate O'Mara here Um, this it's obviously not Veronica that just that blonde but the 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 old whore that's pretty hot with the eye makeup. Uh, they did a promotional film for You Only Live Twice, and uh, she was Miss Money Penny's assistant in it, so I think it's pretty cool. It was called, uh, let's see, to promote the film, AM Productions produced a one-hour color television program titled Welcome to Japan, Mr. Bond. That's amazing. First aired on June second, nineteen sixty-seven, in the United States on NBC. Um, Bond regulars Lois Maxwell and Desmond uh, Lewin appeared playing respectively Miss Moneypenny and Q Kate O'Mara who's right here plays Alice in Horror of Frankenstein appears as Miss Moneypenny's assistant you know, the program shows clips from You Only Live Twice and then four existing Bond films and contained a storyline of Moneypenny trying to establish the identity of Bond's bride that's fucking cool You know, she was actually technically a Bond girl she was in a Bond film, it's cool and, uh, yeah. Now she's been porking, uh, you know, uh, Victor Frankenstein. Here. Right. Or as a Baron Frankenstein. It's Victor. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah.
4: You can call him Baron, though. By Victor
3: Frankenstein, yeah. Rough, rough Bates. Kate tomorrow's trying to masturbate. A little bit Ralph Bates. I think he was in uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde I think after this film. I love him. If I'm not mistaken but he was in a ton of stuff. He started as a, actually his first Hammer film he was uh, Lord Courtley and Taste the Blood of Dracula as you said. Uh, he was pretty much the what the like the little lackey right hand man the a lackey to,
4: like yes master yeah yes me not really that bad but
3: uh, Lust for a Vampire he's uh, Giles Barton Then he did the same year, Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, where he was Dr. Henry Jekyll. Um, uh, Yeah, so he was in a few of those movies. He's got a lot of stuff. Yale Drama School. Doing theater stuff. So yeah, he's a... pretty prolific actor and it's just cool you know he's, I think this is where he really shined that was in this role and it's been a really cool film so far a lot of drinking a lot of uh, fucking operations a lot of blood and um, phones going shit that's all blah, blah. That too yep um yeah it's fine you get some extra sound effects in there but yeah like I said the print's still blowing me away it has not you know, sometimes it gets a little grainy in spots on these on these prints. This film has not done that one time. It's just been perfect the whole time. They must have really taken care of this one. It has not, like, spotted up on us at all. Like, not not one time has it lost coloration or anything. Like, the whole film has been just fucking like, crystal clear and perfect. It, it's honestly blowing me away right now. It just looks really fucking good. And we haven't even got to the meat of this film yet, I don't think. There's still a good bit of film left in this. We haven't even seen the monster yet, so. Oh, there you go. Bye-bye. About to make him right now. Holy shit. Well, he's got the brain ready, so. He's gonna put that in this fucking dude. He's melting, I guess, is what that stuff was. acid or something. It's fucking nuts. You got these two hot chicks just hanging out. Yeah, this is starting to get raunchy right here. He's doing some
1: open surgery.
3: Indeed. But yeah, man, uh, like I said, I love the culture of these films. and, and You don't even get me talking about Bond. If, if you guys want to, uh, if you guys have a good phone, you can and you got space on your phone you guys can download this free TV streaming app it's called Pluto TV doesn't have a whole lot to offer on there it depends on what you like but it does have a James Bond channel and it's free you don't have to sign up for anything I think there's probably some kind of a premium paid for thing where uh, you can remove ads and stuff (laughs) but uh, it does have the first channel that's on there is a 007 Films channel and that's all they play is James Bond. There's a horror channel. And they, they have some of the Screen Factory stuff pop up on there that I've seen. And then they have a 80s... It's called 80s Throwback or 80s Nostalgia Channel. Something like that. 80s Hits, I think. 80s Hits. And the first film I saw on there, we watched it at work, was fucking Terminator. And I was like, you gotta turn this off because I have to watch this whole movie if it comes on. Um, there's Dave. there's fucking
4: Darth Vader getting lifted up here. Sorry guys, I know David Prowse about to show up in this movie, but it's time for another commercial break. (laughs) Coming soon from Phantasm, a band Corey grew up with that betrayed him. They didn't just betray him, they destroyed him. They destroyed Dr. West, too. Coming soon A video that will shock the death metal community. Oh my god.
3: Oh, I know what this is. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> a film by Dr. Vincent West a, dreams, a golden shower provided by Corey
5: Gorkas <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: even think people need to know what that actually is
4: A Golden Shower video provided by Phantasm. Coming soon with music by Ronald Millsap.
1: (laughs) It's
3: yellow before black, guys. Smoking Mountain Rain. We had some good songs before that one, too, that we were playing. I don't know, that one's pretty good. That right one's actually. the best one, though.
5: <laughs> he really
3: he kind of looks like the Kurgan. Doesn't he, I can't <laughs> doesn't he look like the Kurgan?
4: <coughs> he does. Now, if you guys don't know this, David Prouse is also in uh, Clockwork Orange.
3: Yeah, he's done another Hammer thing, too. I think he's been in a couple. Is he? Well, yeah, he played Dracula. Eric Dracula. He played uh, Frankenstein again in another film after this one, but I feel like he was in another one. I don't know. We've brought this one up a couple times. What's
4: interesting to me, without realizing, is, is yeah, he walks just like Vader. It's crazy. You know, there's a lot of stuff. That's connected to.
3: In mama.
4: entire fucking. Did, if this, keep it if up this thing's not edited for for sound quality, it's going to be fucking butchered for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> I've done more copyright infringement on this fucking episode. I'm not so fucking laying both go, our butts in jail. Just, I
3: mean, it's our that stuff's on YouTube, so
4: why have we put it on ours? I didn't do anything. Yeah. I didn't do. I I didn't get any of that off YouTube. I found that that's those are playing my records. Yeah, you know, we're in my vault. So, but what I'm saying though is like, I Sweet want y'all to. I want. All right. I want you to know that the that the uh, what I'm now entitling the. Uh, um. What I'm Fuck. what I'm calling this is just a working title, but what I like to call a masterpiece that started around 2017. Conceptual, of course, was by was by Mr. Gore Christ, but filmed by eventually to be filmed by me, live action, and it's a water sports. Yeah, but it's but it's. Um, Right now, the, wor- the working title, so nobody knows what we're referring to, is, is called, it's called Buffalo Sprinkler. <laughs> Frankenstein, look, he's fucking hacking some dude up in his underwear. The other working title is uh, New York uh, Urinal Cake. Yeah. New York Pisser. <laughs> I'm
3: fucking pissing. The New York Water Jets. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Pissing Back to Life. <laughs> right, right.
4: The Pissing. I mean, I don't know. I For right now, it's just called Buffalo Golden Shower, but. Yeah. It's a working title.
3: But basically, uh. <laughs> <laughs> are we doing that AM Gold shit over it, too? Where we did, like. Fucking Barry Manilow. I can't little, remember all the different. We all kinds of
4: weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> we did another pretty damn good one. I can't remember. Hold us <clears throat> well, see if I can we We're play. laughing for a good while.
3: Long story short, if you if you uh, you piss Doctor West off, you're definitely going to hear about it. If you piss me off, I'm just going <laughs> to piss on your fucking CD. <laughs> more <it>. or <more laughs> less. Because I'll just do something else. I'll just kind of hum- <clears throat> humiliate, you know, humiliate you while also humiliating myself. Because I, I don't, I don't have much shame in this world. So, all right, now Frankenstein. <clears throat> now this was one of the, Frankenstein. The monster is eating a fucking live ass bird. It's just kind of. Hanging this out. was one of the ones we
4: were going to use. This is this was a working title for the film. We're not we're going to necessarily use this now, but this is it. Just a snippet. It's
3: all Neil. I love Neil, too. Touching hands.
1: <laughs> Reaching out. <laughs> Touching me. Touching, Touching you. Me.
4: You're in the stream. New
3: and just imagine me pissing on a fucking album, like just all over it. Just within the jewel case, is just getting fucking peed on.
4: It's fucking wrong. in the
3: urinal, just like getting. Not dirty,
4: just that; it was getting the fucking the true horror story of it was that it it's a mystery at a, at a fucking Georgia rest stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! He didn't just he didn't just get the CD. We're not going to reference, but he also got all the sports teams there too. Yeah. No, I sure did. <laughs> fucking a bulldogs jersey, a fucking Braves hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely the Braves. I pee on those at least once a week.
3: Uh, I can't think of the other song. It was another rain song.
4: <laughs> I could not wait. I've got a couple more because I remember a few of them. Well, you know, we were we were riding back. This is after the doctor
3: cursed out some Falcons fan too. That was pretty bad. <laughs> you were like. <laughs>
4: I'll never forget
3: this. And I thought wheelchair fucker was just going to drive off with. with it Jason was a wheelchair fat-
4: fucker. It was Jason.
3: Well, no. Oh yeah, that's right. That fucking fat prick. Well, anyway, I thought he was just going to fucking take off without you in the car because I was already in the car. And you, <laughs> we had the window still rolled down because Jason was actually pretty pissed off, and I had already gotten all my pee out on that record. But you know, basically, this guy was calling us fagged or something like that, and you know. Doctor West doesn't fly that way, so uh, they were they were talking shit to each other. Right when he was about to open the door to get back in the car, he was like, "You know what? Eat a dick, chief." <laughs> <laughs> fucking get in <to> the car. <laughs> we fucking sped off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know what? Eat a dick, chief. <laughs> <laughs> I said some pretty nasty <laughs> stuff because that was my the Falcons had just played the Saints. I'm a Saints fan, but at the time it was just ironic. Honestly, it was like it was like a foretold to be soon reality but what was so funny was he was just like the guy was like fuck you motherfucker and i was like why don't you use that falcons jersey for toilet paper <laughs> why don't you just cut little sleeves off of it? i mean i was mad it was, it was colonel mad. cuckold and here's a i was pretty pissed
3: they need we need to have a segment right here it's uh hammer hooters there's some good ones in the snow usually the the women don't really get me in these hammer films this was That's another what? one
4: we did for your for the will just be on a top your untitled motion picture untitled or... p yeah yeah this is one oh i you just have to remember just imagine a party in the rain yeah I mean, the joke for that... I mean, I think we must have played a thousand songs that night. We should have made a soundtrack for your urine. I know.
3: We Uh, did on the way home. Well, I mean, we
4: did, but we don't remember all of it. Yeah. The Smoky Mountain Ram was pretty funny. That's the best one by far. You know. (laughs) It's too bad you can't, like, pee through the internet. (laughs) You know? You could pee on lots of stuff you don't like. Yeah. Uh, Um. I'd pee on this marionette in Ohio, but <laughs> it's not worth it. I just let you do it. This one's stupid, but
3: it would, it would have been funny. I don't is know. Is this another one? Like, it'd be. This is kind of really dumb, but it'd be funny to. I don't know. I just thought of it. Just for the pain? Yeah, for okay. the pain. Okay. Just because it's retarded. Yeah. It'll actually work. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: that's pretty
3: good you need like these bubble gum pop songs like this and, or like just straight up like weird country stuff and play with the playover okay
2: I've got one I've got one Hold crazy on. little thing called urine <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've got one
2: I'm crazy little thing called pee
4: I think this one would be really good
5: hmm
1: It's just funny. And I think this one's good.
3: Oh, I found an actually good one. It's a newer one, but this will (laughs) work.
1: Oh, God. pretty
4: good. That's not new. That's 80s. Yeah. That's a new joke. Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one, hold on. I want
3: to hear this thing actually start.
4: That's pretty good. I've got you beat, though. Are you ready? It's all
3: Annie Lennox. This is this is seriously perfect. I do like the Eurythmics. No,
4: hold on. This, this is this is ridiculously perfect. Are you ready? Yeah. So you have to just imagine. I know you guys out there are listening. Like, what the hell are they doing? But you just have to imagine. The thing. You'll see the film one day. But um, no, we'll put it out. We'll, we'll make it. Uh, this where you can edit it. This too. is seriously fucking hilarious. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. You may wet yourself. All right. This is pretty good. Let's get go, off to making. We never did this you. when we did it initially.
5: I don't mind coming
0: here. Wasting all my time. They
5: Well, mm-hmm.
4: It's pretty funny. It's hard to go wrong with classic rock when you're doing a urine stream. (laughs) You're pissing on something you used to love. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's just what you needed. Yeah. (laughs)
3: what's the other one the one I make fun of all the time that would be a good song it's uh ah, damn it it's one of them I heard it some dude playing in his truck and I was like fucking mocked him ever since hold on a minute I've got
4: one you're gonna think this is funny I gotta
3: think of that song
4: first cause I'll forget it no hold on I've, I've got it oh yeah he's <laughs> loving every minute of it loving every minute of it and that one's pretty good too <laughs> uh, are you ready this is pretty good yeah This this might actually be the best one that I've ever come up with for, for the P. We're All probably right. going to have to use this. Are you ready? Yeah. That's amazing. It's like a night Roxbury. <laughs> we'll even change the lyrics. This is the night... Draining your balls Until the morning <laughs> Well, not drain your balls Smelling
3: right. my urine Now this is the night <coughs> I actually really like that song Cory Christ has it in his car No, <laughs> not a Roxbury soundtrack Right, but it's funny for you pee into it Here we go, this is a really good one too God damn, I have to fucking add I eat red curry crisp Because I'm a fucking pansy Ugh
2: Yeah, that's I
4: think we actually did that right? Is
2: that Ferris Bueller? Yeah,
3: that's right. Just guys, just imagine me pissing on a fucking album cover Whatever one you want it to be It could be, you know
4: be anything I've got one, hold on Boom, <laughs> boom I think this one actually, this might be "Phantasm" for, for me, just because I love it, and I think this is actually "Phantasm." Your
3: video has been flagged for about a hundred copyrights, but <laughs> this is this all is, by Neil Diamond and Queen.
4: This is perfect, though, for for your video. You ready? This, this is this is it.
3: That's a good pea stream right there. <laughs> Anything like this is fucking perfect.
4: It is. It's good. It's weird, weird
3: science.
4: Urine. <coughs> weird urine. <laughs> Whoa, well, hold on. No, I've got it. And this actually, and this goes back to earlier today, you're actually going to think this is hilarious. This seriously may be the best one. <laughs>
5: We're actually
3: listening to this earlier.
5: <laughs>
3: yeah, just fucking hosing it down. <laughs> Whoa, Corey, pee on your CD. Whoa, Corey, pee on your CD. Whoa.
4: Bam the Lam, You're in a city, Bam What's really funny, though, for real, that is wheelchair fuckers' ringtone <laughs> <laughs> I work
3: with this old <laughs> fuck. He's like, "That's
4: amazing." I was like, "Yeah, it's funny." Either way, there's your old whore again. Um, oh, no, she's
3: great. I love her. She was like, "I just want you to come take care of me and my kids." I'd be like, "All right, that's cool." I can do that. I just want you to come over here and just poke my old cooter, make sure I'm. Here we go. This is this
4: actually I think would be funny. You want one more? Yeah. that might be the one It's pretty good we <laughs> 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 let's see if this
3: was the one I was thinking of. god damn it what is it with the smart food it's like Corey we know you ate fucking bullshit fucking little Caesars today so we're gonna play all this fucking healthy food fucking <coughs> <action."> that's weird <laughs> they know how to target me so I put in a text that I was, here we go guy, every time we play a song in this episode, just picture of me taking a piss everywhere, or maybe yourself if you're mad about something. Go pee on a fucking football jersey, or you know, pee on one of your movies
4: you don't like.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I've got it beat. Hold on, I've got it beat. I've got it beat.
5: I want
3: to hear the actual chorus. If uh, that's my favorite part, if after the rhythm of his piss. <laughs>
4: Here's, yeah. uh... fucking know the bar. <laughs> yeah. You got this right at the mouth of this, Pete. You're the last P. dragon, if you guys have ever seen I've it. I've
3: seen the last dragon, yeah. You ready? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop. You're in time. No, it's not bad. I uh, see what it's super freak. No, it's super stream. Super stream. Super <laughs> P. Super pee. Super pee. <laughs> super pee. I think this is one of them we did. Yeah, I do Rick? I love Rick James. James. Rick James is fucking awesome. It's good shit. It's good I, piss, sorry. We are going to, this episode's going to be flagged, but it's okay. If y'all don't tell, we won't, so don't say anything, okay? Yep. As you're listening out there, don't say anything. Unless you're friends at Phantasm to get fined and flagged, and most don't do that and don't be the asshole that listens to this and then flags us I have to do this one just because it's awesome but it's funny too
2: (laughs) oh my lord caught in in my stream (laughs) I used to love you so much baby How
4: about this, bro? Wait, that's your cover, Pete. Doing the king. Yeah,
3: yeah, you gotta do the throwback to the king if you're gonna do the old stuff, but. I but, think you should just use this. As a comeback, song
5: No. You know what this is? <laughs> you're, you're,
4: you're peeing with a full house. Is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let's do something more upbeat. If you're gonna go six, no. College. Wait a minute, I've got it. <sighs> oh
3: God! <laughs> I didn't mean to turn back on Elvis.
2: <laughs> <He's like, laughs> I can't believe the you your pee.
4: Here we go. <clears throat> this is what we're gonna. P2. You ready? Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, I don't know. This guy's added like some kind of video of his bullshit. It's like, I don't care about your <laughs> bullshit, Chief. Jesus Christ.
5: Here,
3: I got... <gasps>
4: Different strokes.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> He's got nothing but the peas. Different strokes. I
3: got a, I got, <laughs> I got a movie one that'll be good. This one's just fucking weird. God damn it! This is the third food ad. It's like, Corey, you're fucking fat today. Why don't you eat this whole Himalayan pink salt peanuts? That's weird. <laughs> You. God damn it! It's from the actual movie. I don't want to hear that shit. Hang on. <laughs> it's Here it is. <laughs> this is perfect for like a PowerPoint, just like presentation of my fucking dick. It's Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Jesus
3: Christ. <laughs> Bruce
2: Springsteen. Oh
4: my
3: god. From Jerry Maguire, that you complete me, see. That makes it even more more like complete, you complete me. I'm fucking death all He
5: let you in <laughs> I've
4: got that beat, and I think we actually used it before. Are you ready? Oh fuck yeah! This <clears> is this. I think this is the one. I'm stopping after this because this is my boat. All right, we'll run with it. Sorry, there's some kind of weird interruption. Sorry about that. Sorry, (laughs) you playing (laughs) fucking Disney?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hit me with your best stream,
3: peeing away. I think it's the best one. Yeah, yeah, Pat Benatar. (laughs)
5: With <laughs> a <Lomp> his string! <laughs> <coughs> Fuck. He
4: pulled down his dukes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a good one. It is. Can't go wrong with Pat Benatar. Has anybody ever listened to Guitar Soldier's song? It's actually amazing. He's a really good guitar player.
2: Kind of I missed the whole thing.
4: Sorry. I had a 45 of that when I was little. Anyway, I'm so, done making jokes about P. We so we got uh, Frankenstein, and there is Dr. Frankenstein and the monster, the creature of Frankenstein as well. Oh,
3: uh Neil Giraldo, which is the husband of Pat Benatar.
4: Oh, is he the guitar player?
3: Yeah. He's amazing. Long time guitar player. Uh, performed and written and produced for many artists, including uh, Rick Derringer, uh, Rick Springfield, amazing. Kenny Loggins, Steve amazing. Format, Del Dell Lord, Scott Kevner, and Beth Hart. And John Waite.
4: Love him, too. He's got Grammy Awards. Dude's fucking... got a very prolific career. John Waite was in bad English with members of Journey. That's awesome. Yeah, people like that don't get any credit. They did the theme song for Tango and Cash. You get this bitch awesome. that one I got me in front now That's amazing.
3: It's um, yeah, people like that should be recognized more, not just having and Tarpegill Giraldo and, you know, Monty Pittman that did Madonna stuff, who was also in Prong, which uh, I would love that Monty Yeah,
4: Pittman. I think they should make police dress like that now. I think they would be more comforting Oh, the see. Bobbies? Yeah white gloves everything I think I'd yeah. feel and I think you, because those policemen seem like they're smart and they're professional they're not fat and, and they've had, had training guns and, you
3: know. they've had actual training and they've been around for you know they're not just like those fucking dildos and suits that couldn't
4: look at her tits
3: I know I've been looking at them the whole time and saying we should have a, a segment called Hammer Hooters I think it's I think it's appropriate but like I said there's not a usually I'm not gawking at the Hammer women um, so much But this film those These two chicks That are in this movie Are just Amazing They're, they're beautiful you know Veronica right there And then uh, Kate O'Hara Kate Amara Whatever It's just Beautiful women This film But anyway If you guys
4: go online And you look And you're interested And you're maybe not interested In this stuff That Hammer did Maybe you're interested In some of the new stuff They've done Quiet Ones was one of the first things, if not the first yeah, thing Yeah, I didn't they know they it.
3: came back. I, th- I remember hearing about it, but I didn't know Yeah, it's, they're true. still
4: putting stuff out. It's crazy.
3: Now, was that an actual British production and everything? Yeah. The Quiet Ones?
4: Yeah. I thought it was some kind of an American. thing. No. But I've never seen it, so. Yeah. It's all British. I actually saw it at the theater. Huh. I saw it at the Dog Theater. Right. Down in Tampa. But anyway, but what was funny was the interesting thing to me is that they still exist? And so it's kind of crazy. Now, do I like the new stuff like this? Absolutely not. It's two totally different fucking things. But right. you know, it's cool that it exists again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just
3: look to stare into my cleavage, Victor. Go ahead and stare into my cleavage, pink cleavage.
4: And I, you know, this movie um, I haven't seen in years. It looks great. Um, I'll say that the print. Has, has not
3: well they took care of this stuff valley. this stuff's pristine they yeah, sat yeah. on
4: all this stuff they didn't just let it go to shit well
3: some of it you know they just couldn't really help damage to it print damage or anything like that or just some of the stuff can't be restored but this one is completely like it's perfect there hasn't been any kind of you know uh, faltering of the print or anything it's it's looked great the entire time we've watched it it's very impressive this, this film See, even there, like you can tell, it's kind of grainy. That there. no, there it is, it's over. But uh, that's the only thing I've seen. Whoa, weird, on that isn't time. It? Yeah, there's kind of the, the body in there. MGM, look, yep, That's
4: crazy. MGM EMA, which is was later would become know, Capital Records. It's amazing. Oh, um, yeah, no credits, no nothing. The film
3: just fucking ends right there. Um, uh-huh. but. Yeah, you know the. We'll get into I'm the. I'm trying to get this out of here for
4: wheelchair I'm use this. We'll get into
3: the final thoughts like here.
4: But hurt fit.
3: Get into uh, final Jerry. thoughts here. Yeah, we got the Tardy brothers. <coughs> Tardy brothers have been more on point than Chuck lately. Chuck has not been uh, wanting to cooperate as much. So, uh, shout out to John, and John and Don. Good job. <coughs> but uh, yeah. Final thoughts. Print is fucking incredible. It's actually one of the more impressive prints I've seen from Screen Factory. Um, never faulted the whole time. A lot of the older films I've watched, you know, there's still a good bit of it, but the, this one actually looked really good. Um, <clears throat> Love Ralph Bates' performance. Thought he nailed the Victor Frankenstein role. Um, actually, I haven't watched a Frankenstein film yet, so that was a really cool first one to do. Um again the the eye candy for the the women on here were fucking great so i enjoyed seeing some some uh, hot chicks of the hammer horror days on here so that was very nice to uh to look at you know and all their outfits and their corset stuff uh you know Veronica Carlson and Kate Mara was very nice uh Dave Prowse, awesome <clears throat> uh seeing David you know Darth Vader hack up some people with an axe that was very nice to watch um, and yeah, it, it's it was a beautiful film, and again, I, I don't have a problem with any horror films. I or Hammer horror films, I think they're amazing, and they they stand the test of time. And people that view them as boring, that they don't appreciate horror, or they don't even like horror. Um, you can stick to your Rob Zombie garbage or your you know your fucking scared stupid fucking fake crap, and we'll stick to the real stuff here, Phantasm, and uh, do, I mean. do the real stuff. And and this is what that's this. this this is about it's horror as a whole not just this new fucking Rob Zombie stuff it's and I know Rob Zombie's a fan of a lot of that stuff and he tries to bring some of it out and I appreciate that but you can't you can't make that repeat that stuff like that stuff is always going to be old school but it doesn't feel like it's something old and you know it it just feels like it's something you have to fucking watch it's like I said like we were getting into it the Bond films we talked about this on the Schmier episode of Destruction um they're just timeless, but they're also just essential watching. It's like it's like you're getting an education in horror when you're watching them, and they're something that you have to watch. And they, it's not like it's forced. It feels great watching it. And uh, same thing with Bond films or whatever. They, they're not agonizing or boring to watch. They're just fucking good movies. So give them a chance. If you guys don't follow along with us, if you're the kinds of people who just like to hit, listen to us while you're at work, that's awesome. But uh, highly recommend. And also me being a younger guy, too. They're fucking awesome movies. So just start watching the the 70s hammer stuff or even you know late 60s stuff they're they're fucking awesome movies you know get get a, an appreciation and get out of your uh oh they're old they're boring kind of stuff like they're not black and white they look perfect it's it's a perfect time to watch them because they're actually restored now so you can watch them on a blu-ray player they look brand new you know and they're they're a good piece of uh historical film and great acting and you know there's early gore and there's a lot of kind of you know, mutilations and killings and blood. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff in it. So yeah, definitely highly recommended from the Gore Christ here.
2: I mean, for me, I just have to say the machines rose from the ashes of the nuclear fire. Their war to exterminate mankind has raged for decades. But the final battle will be not fought in the future, it would be fought here tonight in our present tonight. Yeah, we're gonna nerd out on this because this is my second favorite movie. Time, so but yeah, guys, uh, amazing stuff, love it. Uh, We have Michael Shanker on the podcast, it's absolutely fucking amazing that he uh, came on and and Dr. West got to speak with him. And uh, we're so so happy about it. And uh, you got uh, a very lengthy interview, and he covers a lot of ground. New Michael Shanker Fest comes out uh, September 20th, Revelation. It's on Nuclear Blast Records. He got a lot of uh, really good talent on that uh, on that CD, and and he did an amazing job with all the people that are involved in it. And um, I think cover arts badass. Yeah, and he if you listen to the interview or you read a lot of other interviews with him, he talks about the what the symbolism for the cover means, and he is not being crucified in it. He will talk about what it actually is. So it has a lot to do with the actual title revelation and i think it's a beautiful very symbolic and very uh means a lot to him too so um definitely you know just enjoy it and pick the album up and and support mug Shaker cuz he's one of the you know actual rock stars that exist that don't treat other people like shit so a uh, very good guy so yeah uh Thank you guys for listening I'm here at Phantasm. Uh, One more thing for me. We love you guys, Doctor. <clears throat> to quote Fletch, "Lives don't bother me. I'm trying to watch the Terminator." <laughs> <clears throat> but no, but uh, <clears throat> Michael Shanker, thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely amazing, and uh, we'll 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 uh, let you guys hear that now, and uh, from. Us at Phantasm here. Stay fucking cool. You can leave a light on if you're afraid of the dark.
1: Sleeping with the light.
4: I'm so excited, this is Dr. Vincent West I have uh, one of my childhood heroes on today We're with the legendary guitarist Michael Shanker, how you doing man? I'm doing good, how are you? Wow, so excited to have you on This is an absolute honor, sir Uh, And we're going to get into all things Michael Shanker today And your new album, Michael Shanker Fest Is available now Revelations through Nuclear Blast Records And uh, yeah uh, I guess to jump right in for our uh, fans and and for me, uh, if you'd like to talk about uh, just the beginnings of your career for us. Uh,
0: you mean like like uh, from from zero
4: years onwards? Oh, if you want to start with that, Like with you and Rudolph starting the Scorpions it would be amazing. If you don't nice. care.
0: No, I started on cook, cooking book, uh, cooking, uh, cooking pots and 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 I was singing when I was three. And I was playing a little bit, you know, uh, on my piano, on my mom's little piano, or my dad's little violin. And, uh, and then one day there was a guitar in, the, in our bedroom, and uh, that's when I started to immediately identify, you know, that uh, the, the notes, and especially, you know, we were listening to pop music on the radio, the hit parade, and we had the whole the whole room was full of pictures we were put on the wall from famous people and was Beatles and Rolling Stone and so I I um, was of course very interested in the guitar more than the piano or the violin and uh, but you know I put one note in the next note and the third note and I went like wow this is fun and uh, it started right there I never stopped you know and. Uh, Reward was always very amazed whenever he came back from work, you know, how much I focused and you know, and basically I was just a kid in the in the sandbox, you know, having fun. I never looked for anything, I never competed with anybody, I never looked for fame or or success or anything. I was just like all that time from nine years on when I started playing, um, I was just a kid in a sandbox and then all of a sudden when I reached the strangers of the night, um, all of a sudden people started saying, Michael Senka is gone. I said, what? <laughs> and I went like, wait a minute, what's, that? what's my, what have I done? And then Rudolf called me in an AB1 from America and said, hey Michael, they're all playing your guitar style. <laughs> I said, what? You know? And so I, I, I was really, I mean, I was kind of not really paying any attention. I, I was always enjoying touring around, like being, being you know, creating the Scorpio's logo for our big uh, tour bus. Um, we had uh, uh, 20 candidates, uh, uh, PA and, you know, and and uh, looking for uh, rehearsal rooms, you know, getting accesses from hospitals, putting uh, them on the wall, or putting, uh, uh, you know, divider, ho- nailing wood on the, to make a separate room. I, I was always into, Anything to do with rehearsal, you know, get something, get something together so we can rehearse. You know, I was always there. But uh, you know, and so basically, my first years, I I really unconsciously created something. I I really don't know uh, what, what, why, what I did. I mean, I know what I did. I mean, I know that what I intuitively understood was that you know when I when I was 17 years old I stopped um, listening to other guitarists and copying them and uh, uh, music in general you know I I, I I stopped listening to music because the brain is just functioned. what I wanted to do I didn't want to copy people because they were already doing what they were doing why should I do it too? And right so I knew that everybody is unique and if everybody is unique and I open myself up, i obviously going to bring something to the foreground that nobody knows about because it's hidden inside myself. So, yeah, I understood that. And I did, you know, on a regular basis, uh, continue to put the notes together in my own way and stuff. And as a, as as a, as a byproduct, I created my own style. And I think, you know, I have later, I heard people saying, like, that... You know, some of the fans that now, you know, in big banks like Slash or they, they, you know, they said that they never heard anything like that, you know, and of course they couldn't because I, I, it all came from the uniqueness inside my head. And by protecting myself, not listening to music, and not copy music, you can't do it perfectly, of course, you know, but I mean, I, I was in a, in a, in a boutique in France, you know, trying clothes on and they played the whole Metallica album. And, and, That's oh, right. so why I learned The Unforgiven. I, 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 I found out how beautiful that song, The Unforgiven, was. And, uh, you know, but, you know, love music. But I never have on the radio, in the car, or at home. And so I have done this for half a century almost. And, and I really well protected myself. You know, the brain is a sponge it takes anything and it copies everything. I mean, you, if you know, you don't even know. I mean... If you don't protect yourself, you will automatically become a victim of doing somebody else's stuff. And so I was very, very focused on pure self-expression, you know. I was fascinated with a single string and uh, I was, uh, you know, very, very much in love with Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and, and Deep Purple metal music that was for me metal music right. the beginning of metal music and that's when it really clicked for me you know by that time I already played you know four or five years and uh, so I kind of you know, decided to use metal music that kind of style you know, you know instead of pop music or jazz music I wanted that you know metal music heavy heavy sounding and especially with distortion you know it was like a combination of with a single string playing lead guitar it's it, like endless possibilities you know and so I, I use the metal uh, as my screen to paint my pure self-expression as a, as a lead guitar player you know single notes uh, on onto it like a paintbrush you know having a screen and then you paint the picture my lead guitar player is, is the, is the, is the brush and you know painting on that screen of metal and so that's that's what I that's what I uh, did, and uh, you know, so I wrote my first song when I was with uh, uh, when I was 15 years old in my mother's kitchen. No, no, nobody was there. Uh, I was all by myself, and the is credited themselves for that for that song. It was my first written song. Uh, it was a very nice song, actually. Uh, I I don't even think Rudolf can play that song, it's not that simple, the second time round, and, uh, you know, and so, uh, it it got the title, In search of Peace of Mind, and uh, I have two tattoos on my neck, Uh, one one says born to be free, one says born to overcome, and one says born to be free, but I'll get to that later, but... uh, you know, and, and, and so it was my first song. And on and that, I played the solo as a 15-year-old. I have no idea where it came from, but there's nothing wrong with it. Just like I, you know, uh, found that uh, um, the, the theme of the imaginary western from We Rest, you know, that, that solo is so beautiful. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. I heard that by accident the other day, and I said, the timeless, you know, it's, it, it, it will never die. And I did a solo as a 15-year-old on that song in search of peace of mind. I I don't know if that was me or where that came from because the rest of the solo playing is very underdeveloped, you know? I mean, you can hear, I'm learning. And, but that song, I mean, that, that, that piece of music, that piece of solo, I have no idea how I did that. And, and, and I tried to, you know, to copy it because... Uh, I might be playing it um, um, in, in, in two thousand twenty, my fiftieth anniversary, and <laughs> it's actually timing wise, like really, 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 really difficult to ca- to capture it, uh, and so it's quite quite amazing that that uh, where where does that come from though? Anyway, and so I enjoyed my development going, you know, through the the, the um, you know the phenomenon for you no know, heavy petting going through Lights Out and uh, uh, Fashion and uh, uh, Strangers in the Light and then had with the left-right album Open Doors for America for them Right, and then basically um, you know I kind of uh, when I I wrote when I was 21 in 76 I wrote Lights Out and it became the first hit for UFO in America and I got scared I ran away you know I thought no <laughs> I'm not the kid that's Now I'm not the kid in a sandbox anymore. Now people will expect it. And so, but I came back and lasted until a stranger than a night. And then I helped the Scorpions and and then I decided to go my own way, you know, to uh, actually to stay true to myself. And and actually the the, the main thing was, that was the first part of my life, um, uh, the first chapter, that was also my first part of the development as a guitarist. And uh, I, by that time, I, uh, I, I'm very grateful for, for actually um, uh, was a, a, a allowed to experience the a, a fame that early in life so that I was able to make a decision if I wanted to stay in the lane of fame or if I wanted to... You know, um, be an artist and experiment with music, and, and um, you know, focus on life itself, and learn about life. Learn about myself. Who, who am I? You know, I didn't. I had no clue who I was in the huh. first part of right. my life. I didn't. You know, I didn't know what happened, You know, and so I used to, the middle years to experiment with music and everything out of my system. They'd do all the things I couldn't have done with Orsini. He would have never earned a penny. If, if I would have joined him, <laughs> he would have not. I would have not been of any use for him, and uh, not even for the Scorpio or you at all. Because I was in experimental stage. You know, I, I was doing acoustic instrumental. I was doing um, the uh, electric instrumentals, I was doing like I was playing. A whole album going from one wrist to another never stopped. I could make five albums out of it, and, and uh, that was I was so full of creativity. Uh, I had to get all of that out, and on top of it, you know, I did a lot of learning and uh, spent uh, most of the learning times. You know, I mean, when I actually uh, it wasn't that easy for me to drop out of the spotlight uh, straight away. Because Peter Mensch was waiting for me, and he wanted to do big business with me, and uh, but at least I got the Michael Schenker group going, you know, my own name,
1: right? Uh, so I, I have more more control on on protecting myself and being able
0: to do what I want, what I wanted to do, and was actually fun. Uh, looking for an unknown singer, uh, easygoing guy, Gary a great voice, and so off we went, you know. Then Peter Mensch wanted David Coverdale, and. Uh, you know, I I said why why don't you ask Carvajal to join on the sea or whatever, you know? But the whole point it was a contradiction at that point because I left UFO and the Scorpions. Um, actually, I the Scorpions actually was another uh, uh, also like a, a weird story because I had the Scorpions asked me to help them because they got stuck with an upright album, right? And matthias couldn't, and you know, they only got halfway through, and so. I agreed to do it, but I wanted to be contracted. I wanted to be a fixed member of the, of the band for the Love Drive album, not, not for, for the, with a band just for that album. Right. Uh, because I had no intention of joining them. And so, um, so I got that contract, but, uh, um, then I realized that they wanted to keep me because America was getting excited. And, uh, and for, for the Scorpions who never went to America um, and they were by that time they were already aged 33 years old I, I went to America when I was 19 and uh, you know I wrote Lights Out in, in, in 76 and they wrote Love Drive in 78 which is almost the same song you know it's right. kind of interesting how the Scorpions always followed anytime time I released an album the Scorpions wrote something similar but the, 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 the point is that uh, Um, when I got my, the Scorpio wanted to keep me and they didn't like the fact that I couldn't stay you know, I had just left the UFO why would I go the same boat again I I I didn't want to do it I had my own vision, I needed to get out of my system and I did not want to be in the commercial money making gobble machine I wanted to have fun with music and and so I wasn't interested in what they were after and running for and so uh, I kind of got free from that. I struggled myself free because it was hard to, for them to let me go. And and so by the time I came to England, the album was released. So I, I never looked back. I was happy. I escaped from the Scorpion. And, uh, but in, in 2015, um, they approached me to help them with, this, with a Love Drive a box set. And uh, I wrote the Love Drive story. And it was total false. T- 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 and I was awesome. really annoyed about that. And I said, like, you know what, guys? You can't do that by yourself. I'm not going to take... This is all a lie, and I'm not going to participate with you guys. And that opened the can of worms. What well, I have discovered since then is unbelievable. You know, man, you have to remember, I, I had heard my father from the, the rhythm section on the scorpions with me for four years. Right. You know? So I know a lot. I discovered a lot, and it doesn't stop. You know, it almost more comes to the foreground. So uh, anyway, so now that they knew... That, they, uh, that I was gone already, and the album wasn't released yet, so Rudolf had a plan. He uh, wanted to uh, uh, create an illusion, a, a distortion, uh, because everybody expected, um, you know, a Schenker to come over there, and, uh, and uh, a, a Michael Schenker, but not necessarily knows all the names, you know, everybody, you know, there is uh even though you have always very famous, but uh, you know, sometimes I I love a band, but I don't know any members in the band. You know, right? Um, in, in the past, you know, I don't know the individuals except for the Beatles. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so um, you know, so I had a contract a six member. When I saw the false love track story, and I saw that there was no picture, which was you know to be a six member, uh, everything equal, there shouldn't be a picture in there. Then. My compositions, Willard asked me if I would give him my part of the composition of, of, of Coast to Coast. And I gave it to him. Therefore, the, my name is not mentioned as a, as, a, as a songwriter. And the beginning of Holiday, which is 45 seconds long, which sets the song up beautifully, is not even mentioned. So there is also no credit, songwriting credits there. Okay, now Willard uh, asked me if he can play the black and white flying V as well okay so I I let him do all of that stuff you know but today I know exactly what he did he he confused the people you know the picture was gone there was as little Michael as possible on there and then they only used Michael a lot if it was necessary but if it was possible without them then they didn't use it at all and so the people when they received the Love album you know there was a Schenker there there was a there was a black and white guitar there. And later, he had blonde hair. So, people didn't know anymore what was going on. So, actually, people didn't think there was anything wrong. And and, and basically, uh, on my expense, uh, we were distorted my image because my image was the black and white Flying and V. And, uh, you know, and whatever I did with the and V, you know, right. it, it, it was kind of really, really bad. Now, here's the point, you know, why is it? And and so the album cover of Revelation is all about my middle years. And so the middle years is that I got slender trust. And, you know, if we can't have him, nobody will. And um, not, you know, also the business side, the business people, because they wanted to make a lot of money with me. And I wasn't interested, you know. I wanted right. just to have fun with music. And so everybody started hating me, torturing me. They invite. I was invited on stage with two other famous people to jam. I was given a completely out-of-tune, loose-string guitar in front of thousands of people, you know, humiliating me, making a fool out of me. And in, what I understand is, what is the problem? What happened to the Thank You Michael for helping out, out of this pit and creating this bridge to break into America... And get a chance, you know, to continue um, to the next level. What about that, you know? It, nothing. So instead, I got I got trashed, slandered, and false stories. And uh, but you know, I did not know that all of that was going on because in the middle years I was not focusing on the scene. I was in my own life. I was focusing on my, you know, escaping out of my own boxes and making. Ball, um, Breakthrough programs and developing as a Michael Schenker, and, and I actually ended up becoming a three dimensional Michael Schenker. So, uh, and, 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 and because of that, I lost my stage fright. And in 2008, you know, something happened. to me, Michael, you want to be on stage now? And I went, what? What is going on here? You yeah, know, okay, I played that as a sign. So then, in the speed of light, I developed all the way up to the Michael Schenker cast and to, up to today, you know. But the thing is, you know, it's like you have to imagine, right? Can you imagine I would have not, you know, joined the Scorpions? Or, or let's say I would have not. What would have happened to the Scorpions? Let's say I would have never found the Scorpions, only John rock. Right uh, when I joined the UFO what would have happened to the Scorpions what would have happened to the Scorpions if um, I hadn't joined the UFO taking them with me you know on the international uh, 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 level right. step by step you know and, and then using us as a, as a, as a, as a uh, role model you know copying everything we did because we were progressing with every album and so what would have happened and, uh, and, 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 you know, having stickers, you know, uh, featuring Mike Krushenko of UFO and all of that kind of stuff helped the Scorpions to develop, you know, and get, get recognized you. because I got very recognized because I was already as a 15-year-old internationally known um, because I was uh, a, a, an unusual talent at that age. And so, uh, and then together with Klaus, you know, it was kind of a good combination.
4: Right. Well, what would have happened if I had
0: um you know not left your <laughs> what would have happened to love strike <laughs> right. what would have happened to the scorpion what would have, what would have done what, what would have happened you know and, and so you can go like that so boys wake up get <laughs> you know get don't focus on what you can't get and get nasty and 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 uh you know and get blinded and have the wrong end of the stick and and you know and forget what the good things in life you know and focus on what actually the steps that led to success you know rather than what you can't get you know like Caesar. you know he was greedy he couldn't get enough and, right. he, and you know he, he you know he was the opposite of he, he, if you conquer yourself, you conquer more than the one who conquers the world. He wanted to conquer the world. He was corrupted, you know, and then he killed that boy he was envy of, jealous of, that people were talking about, uh, that man, and 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 uh, because he couldn't get enough. He was blinded. He was gone, you know, gone, absolutely gone. And when you're gone, you don't notice anymore, you know, the goodness and the, right. and the things, you know that happened to you when you were you know, younger and, and maybe, you know, and stuff like that. So to, to, to acknowledge something and say thank you, uh, I have noticed today that people who are desperate and are under, under any price, you know, become part of the rat race, they are blind. They don't see anything. They, they don't see any witness. They only see people who are in their way. And that is very sad, you know. And so anyway, having said that, um, I I I always supported Rudolf. I was I, I could never really understand how he he was able to be so successful with so little, you know, with so little. Right. Um, you know, he's not he's not a, a, a guitar a, really a guitarist. You know, he's just a guitarist, and so you know. But he copied my. Um, you know, he made a uh, holiday his song, and he made coast to coast his song. He cop- he, he, he learned it very well. And presented it for the next 30, 40 years so people throughout the well, world, there must be something in rural, you know. But there isn't, there isn't anything, you know. So basically, um, I got very, very, uh, um, um, you know, like, uh, it was very disgraceful. And, uh, you know, and I, I kind of jump started them when I, uh, with the results of Crow, I jump started them with Raftwright. I also jump started New of. I jump-started U of o with a, 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 a phenomenon and I jump-started them with a walk, walk on water. Absolutely. I had, 50 per, I had 50% of the name UFO, okay? And one day, Phil asked, you know, and said, like, hey, Michael, I need the name back. Uh, uh, I need to work. I need to earn money. I said, you know, Phil, you can't have that name back for free. Do you think he said thank you? No. Oh. I mean, I went, like, this is incredible. What is wrong with these people? I mean, I mean it's unbelievable. What, what on earth are they after? <laughs> right. so, you know, but it's, it's pretty kind of at my age now. Um, that's why revelation, so many things are being revealed to me that are just absolutely upside down, you know. And, right. and I hope that some people, uh, I hope life is for learning and developing and, and understanding things, you know. I hope I hope something good comes out of this, but... You know anyway the, the, the main thing is I, jo- I i i i used my middle years to focus on on getting everything out of my system as a result i i got fulfillment out of it you know i i i have done everything i wanted to do i stay true to myself there's a saying if you're true to yourself everything else will be and on to you and more and that's exactly what's happening
4: i created
0: a cake um in my middle years a foundation. And today I get a lot of icing, I can put on my cake. If I would have tried Aussie, I probably would have had a lot of icing, but no cake. And that would have you know, not so tasty, you know. Right. <coughs> a cake with, with icing on it is a much better, uh, much better uh, situation. So, <coughs> anyway, um, I, in 2008, I, I kind of uh, went... You know, uh, I, when I realized I, that I actually was ready to have fun on stage, I went like, man, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that that, that, that could ever happen. You know, I was so happy about it. Right. And so I started to write In the mix of Music with Gary, and then, um, you know, it was a great album. It didn't, from the sound, the sound, it was done on an Atari, like a cheap kind of something, but the, the music itself was very good. And uh, and we uh, I went uh, I did the first temple of work and then I had Herman and Francis with me doing uh, a the to that, Michael second Temple of work, and I still, and then this Temple of Work, two live uh, DVDs, DVDs, CDs, and uh, and uh, then I said, like, you know, we need a break, we, we are playing the same cities all the time, Right. It's like, we want to make sure we are not getting, you know, the, uh, People getting too used to us, and so, and then at the same time, I also realized, you know, when, when everybody went their way, I went like, wait a minute, I haven't played Michael Seng, I have played Michael Schenker's most popular music for so many years, but not with the original singers, not with the original composers and, and the original chemistry, you know? Right. So I went like, wait a minute, maybe, I mean, Klaus and Phil maybe be far-fetched, you know, but maybe the 80s like Robin and, and and, and uh, you know, uh, 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 Graham and, and, uh, uh, and Gary, maybe, uh, you know, maybe that would be possible. And so, you know, I called them up, and it was like they were waiting for me, you know. That's so awesome. Like they were on board immediately, and the same with the musicians, and we put a really good bunch of musicians together that make total sense over the period of the 10 years, and by that time I also had developed a really good relationship, working relationship with co-producer Michael Potts And so we were ready for Michael Schenkerfeld, an unusual undertaking. And uh, we started off, you know, in a Sweden walk, We know, very, very slowly, no pressure. Uh, we did another festival somewhere, another one, and then we had an offer to play a couple, of a few gigs in, 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 in Japan. And when I saw the, the the Tokyo the the forum the whole... right, like, such a beautiful place, I I, I oh, yeah. decided to invest myself. I didn't even have a conversation with anybody. I just said to my son, you know, get the crew, get everybody. I pay for this, you know. I review with the rest later. And so I edited, and then for the first time, the whole world was able to see the the three singers, you know, together on stage. And for the instead of through the iPhone and the. YouTube uh, uh, you know the, it, there was actually a really good DVD available now that uh, for the first time showed everybody what the potential of this undertaking was and right. then of course the, rec- the record deals came in and, and uh, I didn't really want to take a record deal. People uh, had to work on me for three weeks but I said to myself you know Michael you have changed you know you not know, the Michael you used to be and you have four singers now I think you need some help you know you need a couple of Record company, so I I decided to put both of my legs back into the machine, and you know to carry on where I had what I had put on hold, you know, when I left years old. So basically, um, the all of the eighties, you know, I put I I put everything on hold and focus on myself, and then um, you know in 2008 with a bit in bit I started uh, carrying on. You know, basically you know, I always say like. I... 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 carry on today... I conscious. I carry on... consciously... what I... unconsciously developed in my first part. I now carry on... and enjoy... consciously... and... and, you know, keep developing it... and carry on... and, and, and have actually fun with it now. And so... um... that was basically the beginning of, um, that's when I said, Michael fest tested the studio. I like that album title. It sounded like fun. And, you know, a big table uh, in the middle of a room and uh, in, a, in, a, in a studio, in the background, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, control room.
1: right? And, you know, have a big a big feast uh, in the a, in a studio where
0: we... Um, with, uh, and maybe even like a medieval kind of, but you know, anyway, that the idea was to have a big table in the room with lots of, uh, and, lamb and beef and you know, like big feast and and half toy house, uh, right? Boy, half, uh, a, a woman with big bosom serving the beer and everything. I want to have a real party in the room and call it awesome. the in the studio, right? Okay, you know, that, That, I thought, was a a fun idea. Then I asked, you know, can you send me, like, uh, maybe send me a a picture of the table and stuff on it so we can start arranging the look of it. And then what I received was um, the the, the Last Supper. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, wow, what is this? I think by that time, Nicolas' last art department had already gone forward and they already had developed some kind of ideas. And because of that also, I think, um, and seeing the progress of the development of the album cover, I think be White, that inspired to write, take me to the church, and then uh, Michael Frost wrote The Last Supper, uh, and then and, and I thought, well, I might as well call the album Resurrection and call the Instrumental uh, Salvation. Wow. that was it, you know, and that was that's how that came together. And then for the Salvation of the, uh, for the Revelation album, um, uh, uh, uh nuclear Blast asked me i uh, had three ideas they had, they had three ideas um, and uh, i had one swivel from two years ago to do you know after the scorpions uh, uh, box set and i saw the Lovecraft story being a total lie i i, I kind of swiveled that, that that that's because that's when my my realization started what was wrong here and what has been wrong for the last 30 years i didn't even know about it. and so i I kind of, uh, you know, opened the can of worms with that and realized all these different... I was always wondering why things were so weird. If I never thought much, but now it all made sense, you know. I was basically con- I, all constantly being set up by people. And uh, so anyway, I had to scribble with me on the hanging on the the be, being, being tortured, you know, being humiliated... Uh, uh, being cursed with my V um, you know my image got distorted um, I got slandered, trashed and uh, basically you, you name it in my middle years all of that went on you know right? and uh, and so basically um, I thought that was would be a, a, a good uh, one picture tells all the album could have been called um, Purity and Passion Versus greed and uh, corruption, you know, and so that's that's what the album cover is about. That's why I put the Romans in there, and you know, the the just to uh, make it easier for people to understand sure. that this is about uh, the two ways of living, you know, either you live a, a, a you know on the pure life or you you know, not, not perfectly, of course, you know, right. Either you content more on the on the pure side or you content more on the on the on the corrupted side, you know, so that's up to each individual, or whatever. And uh, but it cannot be done perfectly, of course. Uh, but the main thing is that um, the um, the description of the album cover is basically I'm not I'm not being crucified. I'm hanging hanging on strings, and uh, I'm just being tortured uh, and, 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 and cursed with my together with my guitar. And, uh, you know, and I basically kind of, um, the band is in the making, you know. And right. you can see the musicians are walking um, towards the, the flying V being very shocked by what they see, etc. cetera. Right. And, you know, and, the, and the, the happy ending is, you know, I get freed from the, from the V uh, you know and uh, and create the Maidenshenko Fest and and basically we we you know uh, purity and passion has won against greed and corruption because um, you know those guys greed and corruption you know who always just live off a trend that makes money and recycle a trend until it's dead and then when nothing is left then they start writing a fiction book and um, and write any kind of shit in there that people want to hear, uh, and you know, people getting fooled. I'm too sorry for them. But uh, you know, but I guess after fifty years of what music some people might have been able to look through this. As, you know, like cheeky things, like bold, cheeky, stupid things, like you know, last you know, February tour, and then um, forever and another day. You know, that basically means like you know, I give a shit about you family. I don't give a shit about you. You know, I'm just gonna use you the way I want, you know. When people say something like that, it's it's really bad. And uh, no respect for the audience and just screwing around. And I tell you, uh, you know, fame and success is poison. (laughs) If you have no foundation, you get poised, you know, you get poised very, very quickly. People who make it very early, very quick, they get poised, but they don't know what to do with it, you know, and it, it's a very dangerous, and it's also an addiction, and if you have been famous for 40 years, uh, you know, you get worse and worse, and, uh, and at the end of the day, you develop a Rinschhausen disease with all the wrong stories. So, basically, um, that is my middle years, and... Uh, I came out of it, and I became—I uh, came off the off the guitar and uh, became um, much, and you know, I'm well and and uh, became a bigger person, uh, you know, full of life and create music um, on a on a level that that is rarely happening on this planet you know, with four singers and uh, even five singers on this album, Johnny Romero, which happened by by accident. Right. Um, Because, um, you know, Ted McKenna died on the 19th of January and he was scheduled for um, the recording uh, for the 24th of uh, February in Frankfurt. And, you know, we got so... um, you know, it was so hard to deal with that, and uh, uh, because also the way he died, you know, was a very, very, it was a very, very, very sad way to go. And right. It was uh, horrible when I found out details about it. But you know, I started in the studio at the beginning of November, and I and we finished on the third, the, 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 the end of March. You know, so that was six, seven months. You know, I said to a nuclear plant, we have one commitment with the. Um, you know, to do the we did the Resurrection to part one in 2018, and then we got uh, talked into doing um, Resurrection part two in 2019 April. So, you know, now Ted uh, Ted McKenna being that I said to the back, "Look, Ted McKenna is watching. He wants us to keep going. Come on, we have to be positive." Right. I, I talked to Ted. I talked to Ted in on that uh, Resurrection to a uh, part two every day with the audience, you know, for a few minutes, you know, and uh, I really had a conversation with him in front of the audience, every night, you know, and to, to make him there, to make him be there and make us feel part of it, and, and especially for Chris, because Chris was very close with Ted, you know, and Ted was such a great guy. right? And anyway, um, you know, now I had also many ideas about guest musicians and all of that, I said to Michael Foster, the co-producer, you know what, we have to scrap the guest ideas because even though we are halfway through the album, you know, we, we still have um, quite a bit to do. And so I, we need to figure out, you know, like how to play bloody 45 songs for one drummer. How is that possible? You know, 32 separate songs for the, for the, for the tour uh, on the 15th of April, resurrection the tour number two, and then a uh, thirteen tracks for the album, so we decided to call up Simon Phillips, who was very happy to do the album, but he was not available for touring. And then Peter shop also, and, and Simon Phillips' family member. You know, that was the first Michael Schenker group. He used to play with Jeff Beck and Toto, and the Who, and so, and, and everybody. So he is a fantastic drummer. Oh yeah, he's amazing. And, uh, when he finished, he texted Michael Toss and said, "To uh, please tell Michael Schenker." Fucking great! <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, and uh, and, and our and, uh, they had a mutual last in Germany. He wrote me personally and he said, uh, and wrote me how much his happy is with the album. So that was a really really nice touch from from those guys. You know, to uh, to give us that kind of compliment. And so you know, but we had to figure out. And, and of course, now having two drummers to 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 deal with, of course that open all possibilities to make everything possible you know right and, uh, and so we decided simon played 10 songs on the album Bodo played three songs on the album i took Bodo with me to be uk every three minutes and we rehearsed the heck out of the set 32 songs you know whenever i could just vote and me vote and me it's not so much it's the arrangements you know the beginnings and the ending that's the hard part to remember all of that in a two and a half to almost three hour show and uh, But anyway, so we carried on, and uh, Simon did a bloody great job, so did Bodo on the, on the, on the album, the three songs that he did, fantastic, and uh, and Bodo was really good, very well prepared for the live rehearsal, and so I was very happy, you know, we ended up with, uh, then we, we came and then, of course, I wanted to have, um, you know, I loved that the that, that Resurrection album, when we when when, when the, the second song I put on the table uh, when I came uh, the, when I came the, uh, the music I only write the music and, and so when I came back from the hotel the next day Michael texted me here this is what I did I wrote some melodies and some vocals some lyrics and, and he played me Warrior and I was like Mike, this Mike <laughs> you know I was so happy I was so happy because it happened so early you know we had so much time to get that song ready as our first you know uh um presentation and so you know and then the way he he delegated the, the, the single lines to gift for each different singer fantastic and then he did the same with the, with the last supper and so obviously and and because it's so much fun to guess when the different singers come in you know to guess oh, oh yeah that's Robin, mean, and you know and i, I talked to some fans mm-hmm. they, they love they love that kind of uh you know, the different voices coming in, especially if you hear it without the video, and you kind of have to figure out who is singing. And so it becomes like an entertainment in itself. And so I wanted like four songs this time to do it like that, but we ended up with three, and the fourth one, actually, we didn't realize it was a double bass drum song. And so we never did, we only did mid-tempos like that, you know? And Microsoft said, you know what, before we get into the pitch, you know, and and uh, and try to make this work, let's, let, let's just, I, I work with this guy, He uh, thinks for uh, uh, R- 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 Richie Blackwell, that is name is Ronnie Romero, I asked him, I said, that would be great, you know? And so he asked him, and Ronnie, Ronnie was more than happy, you know, they went straight to work, and, and he did a fantastic job, you know, it's an unusual song, it's a, it's a completely different uh, voice than the rest of the guys that added another di- dimension, you know, to the album. And so, at the end of the day, you know, we started in November. We finished by the 28th. The, the master was given to nuclear plants by the 31st. But we had an international listening party with international press. One guy said, um, "You know, the resurrection hour makes me happy, but this revelation hour, I want a party." You know, so that was kind of an interesting, interesting comment. And uh, so anyway, we we had very good response from the from the from the press. We we ended up in Los Angeles, uh, making two videos, and we were on stage uh, on the 15th uh, of April and did our first show. Man, what a journey that was.
4: That's amazing. That's really, that's incredible.
0: <laughs> but it seems like every time, you know, the last three albums, every time I make an album, then we have to deal with some challenges, like on spirit on a vision. Somebody broke into the studio and stole five guitars and, and half of the music, and we had to redo things, you know. And I looked at it as, okay, let's look at it as a, as a pre production, you know, the album's gonna get better. <laughs> and so, but, you know, that was, a, that was a smack in the face. And the next day, the Scorpius manager died, and the next day, Ruler's birthday, you know. Right. So, anyway, uh, on this album, on the Resurrection album, I was throughout the whole songwriting period, and the recording, I had an effect of the tooth, and I had a big, big round cheek and pain like hell. Oh, shit. You know, <laughs> and, and I don't know. Maybe it does something to you. Maybe it gives you more energy. I don't know. But you know, it's and this time we had our dear friend and great drummer Technikana passing away, and then Paul, Marain, Paul Raymond on top of it. You know, unbelievable. But you know, it's. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse, you know? More and more people getting older. Sure. And known people, you know? and uh, But somehow for me, I look at it this way, you know? When Paul and, and Ted uh, passed away, I kind of looked at it, you know, like they're the bridge to the other side for me, you know? It feels like I'm... Guys, see you later, guys. <laughs> right.
4: You know, when
0: my departure comes, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I see you later. I see you later. You know, it's probably just a blink of an eye anyway. And so, anyway, that kind of takes the edge of dying away a bit. You know, indeed, but indeed. It's still a bummer. You know, it's not a, it's not a good thought. You know, having to leave, but but uh, it has to happen. You know, I mean, we, nobody asks us when we come here, and nobody will ask us when we want to go. So <laughs> it's just going to happen
4: that's that's exactly right and it's you never know it seems like people just disappear you know but
5: yeah
4: Michael this has been an absolute honor talking to you today thank you so much for sharing I mean that's the most it's you have a fascinating life it's you've literally been one of my heroes since I was a child my first, my first album was the perfect timing record I just want to tell you how much that record still means to
1: me
0: that's uh, interesting because you know I realize that I speak to different interviewers, and uh, I'm realizing that we have actually many generations. As ten, some of them don't even know UFO, or some of them don't even know the uh, he with Gary Barden. And you, are, you know, you know, you, you are started uh, quite a few people actually started with uh, my colleague group. You know, and it's interesting because these are all uh, different generations. So you UFO all uh, ten years, and then. Um, then the 80s 10 years and then we, you know the 90s and then now Temple of Water, Michael Shaker first so you get a very big spectrum of newcomers involved
4: too you know and so it's yes. interesting it's I, I'm serious that record changed my life and my uncle was a huge fan I lost him back in 05 but he was a huge UFO fan and you know I remember hearing Strangers in the Night the blah, blah, when I was a child and you know, he was a huge fan. And my, like I said, my first record was the Perfect Timing record, and it's still very near and dear to my heart. I, I love that record. And that's
0: amazing. You know, maybe we, we, end up like the Rolling Stones, getting
4: like five generations to come to see in years. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But hey, thank you so much for sharing with us. Yeah. I. It's been an absolute honor. Thank you very much. It's the new album is available September twentieth, Michael Schenker Fest through Nuclear Blast Records Revelations. It's been an absolute honor, sir. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much for having me. Take care
4: and see you soon. Definitely take care. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Definitely. Okay, Okay, take care.